0: It's lights out today on December 20th for the RLR podcast. another great lineup of topics for you guys today. I'm Matt that's Nick and before we uh, before we go I'd like to mention that we do have a special guest on the podcast today would you would he like to introduce himself real quick
1: Yeah, my name is Zach uh, I run the shooting cars YouTube channel automotive journalist and I'm just uh, I, the first time I can unironically say longtime listener first time caller. I'm excited to be on the pod. <laughs> I uh, I listen to you guys actually. If you watch the the Honda Odyssey review I just did, um, and the Honda Ridgeline, you actually your podcast is in the video. It's it's up on the screen because awesome. I'm listening to it while I'm filming these cars. Um, nice. so it, it's Sounds been great. it's brought a lot of joy to my morning. So I'm happy to be on. Well, fantastic. Cool. Well,
2: we're Thank gonna you.
0: hear from. I think we're we're gonna run. stuff with everybody. Run, charge here. Hit paddock chat, and we'll start paddock chat today with Zachasons about. Uh, know about what you do and how that led you there real quick but with that you want to want to hit the uh, previous week of stuff we found o- over the course
2: yeah um well first of all uh, i do want to give our congratulations to lewis hamilton for winning the sports personality of the year award from the bbc we're sorry to keep bringing up hamilton on every episode but he's just like he's just I, great that's where we're mind. gonna we're gonna start hamilton watch <laughs> And, yes, and not, and like him, the I mean, I think framed, well-deserved,
0: yeah. right? I mean, it's not that you say what you want about him, but I, I think it's it's a well-deserved award, much like the rest of them that he's gotten this year, frankly.
2: Yes, I, I do agree. Um, got and... some
0: news about Red Bull, too, right? But we're going to hit the F1 stuff. So uh, got some F, more F1 news with Red Bull, as I think Nick and I alluded to uh, pre you know, multiple episodes. We did see that Red Bull confirmed uh, Sergio Perez for their second driver's seat for the 2021 season. That's not unexpected, and I think obviously Alex is hurt by that, but you know, as we alluded to before, he didn't really have the performance to show to, to keep the seat, at least in my opinion. But that's not to say that he's not important to Red Bull. He's actually filling in as their uh, essentially backup and test driver. So Alex is by no means gone from Red Bull racing. He's just not so much, you know, in the principal one of the principal seats. So, sorry, yeah, sorry I, to see him go. But and
2: I, I do think he was disappointed. And the thing is, Alex does show talent, and we've Absolutely. talked about it in the past. He he does show talent in specific areas, and he's a young driver. He's still a junior driver to most people. He's got time, and you can't you can't ignore Sergio. I mean, come on, you can't, you
0: can't, ignore, you can't, you can't ignore his his success over no. the past like 10, 15 years. He's a veteran driver, he's got the skills, he's got the knowledge, he's got the experience.
2: Checo showed that he needed a seat this year, so.
0: And I think he'll give Max a run for his money. I'm not going to say that he'll do better than Max, but part of me is thinking that we're going to see a pretty close fight between the the two Red Bull drivers this coming season.
2: Yeah, I definitely think so.
0: And with that, Red Bull further, uh, they also confirmed that because Aston Martin Racing Point is becoming Aston Martin Racing, red bull as we i think previously may have mentioned on wednesday it will not be red bull honda racing red bull will actually be going into the 2021 season without a title sponsor for those who might not know with f1 like when you have na- like mercedes amg patronus there are title sponsors you know beyond the smaller sponsors and for a long time i think since 2018 at least aston martin has been a title sponsor along with you know red bull racing so for the first time they won't have a title sponsor going into the next season honda will not be a title sponsor and we're gonna have to see what happens because there's some interesting thoughts i think right here nick about the situation red bull is in with title sponsors leaving and driver mix-ups and who knows so maybe something to hit in later episodes and dive deep on the red bull situation
2: yeah um sticking on kind of rounding out our f1 chats uh for this week uh, especially coming off of our, our f1 special um midweek last week uh williams has a new boss the former mclaren boss and i'm gonna butcher this name just capito um or capito it's german german guy didn't used um, to have a dentist by that name uh very similar that was caputo
1: oh okay okay Sorry, uh-huh. Is that a
2: grocery store? <laughs> that, is, that is Caputo's. All- yes. I uh, used to work
1: across the street from one, and was there almost every lunch break to get my ramen noodles.
0: There you go. <laughs> nice. Very nice. <laughs> Not to be confused with those two titans of industry. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> he's, uh, he's seen success at McLaren and I believe Volkswagen uh, Motorsport. So. I, I think I'm happy to see a new ball. Bo- this is part of the new Williams restructure they have a new you know the Williams family soul you know no longer as part of the you know the racing team and so on they don't own the racing team anymore so I think we're it, it's ripe to see some big changes at uh, Williams over the coming seasons and uh, I like to see him as a, as a bigger contender frankly in the field so we'll see I think we'll see what happens but I'm looking forward to seeing what he can bring as a uh, head honcho for Williams
2: yes. And uh, sticking on the German street, Zach, you brought up an interesting point about uh, Volkswagen's new, maybe not new, but a very interesting part number.
1: If the 70s is new, then yeah, it's pretty new. It's been since the um, 70s. Yeah, I no, know they've this. done okay. this for a long time. So um, I was doing thorough scholarly research on a new um, application product called TikTok. Um, and I saw a video... Um, Posted by a lady with a bagged Jetta. Uh, it's not even a GLI, but that doesn't matter. And uh, so yeah, Volkswagen makes. Um, what do they call it? It's brought, it's not bratwurst. It was what is it? It was hot a, link. Not hot it, links. That's what you get at the something? gas station. It was currywurst. Yeah. So currywurst. Volkswagen actually manufactures currywurst, and it actually has its own dedicated part number. Of one nine nine three nine eight five hundred. So if you go into Volkswagen parts booklets and like the actual parts catalogs, if you would be searching for literally any trim piece of a Volkswagen or lug nuts or anything, you could also find uh, the currywurst from Volkswagen. Apparently, it's like a traditional thing, um, obviously over in Germany. I don't know if we can get it here in the states. But Probably yeah.
0: not, but you, I think to clarify, you told me Zach, right? this isn't some subsidiary or a spinoff. Like this is actually Volkswagen. No,
1: it's just it. It has the VW logo <laughs> on the currywurst. Like it it's a... not like Touch like I scene. recently found out that Coca Cola owns a movie company. It's not like some secret backdoor ownership. It's just they're like, yeah, we make currywurst and slow hatchbacks. Like what's up? <laughs> 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 sorry they're not slow they're just unreliable
0: <laughs> you learn something new every day I, I i can't say that i'm surprised but i'm also s- kind of surprised at the same time
1: i think i need to do more research into it and just see like if that's like a traditional german thing maybe there's other companies that have their own curry works. maybe that's just like a thing but i i heard of it with volkswagen and i thought it was very very interesting
0: i think it's pretty cool yeah. Well, with that, Nick, I think uh, speaking of uh, car companies doing some interesting
2: things, uh, you want to? Uh, we've what talked the about
0: the folks at home. What's what's going on in the land of Tesla? <laughs> uh,
2: we will talk about the good. We've talked about the delicious and/or possibly interesting. Uh, let's talk about the bad real quick. Um, as Matt put in the notes, Tesla is cracking that whip. Uh, <laughs> in, in more or less. Tesla is asking their furloughed employees to volunteer their time for free at the factory and other departments. Um, hot take. That's
1: what? Okay. <laughs> yeah, uh, the, the level of disrespect, honestly, <laughs> is just baffling. Like, I mean, literally, literally they they're, they're sending they're sending like Amazon Prime boxes to Mars right now, but they're asking people to. volunteer like elon musk is out here literally with a starship fleet and it was like hey could you help out in parts department thanks (laughs)
2: yeah it's um yeah so i was was reading about it and it's like people from marketing that have been furloughed have been asked to go over to r&d and help with like
1: (laughs) what (laughs) yeah hey we know you don't have an engineering degree at all (laughs) we know you're good at excel but can you build the next autopilot system (laughs)
0: you know how to work facebook but can you go put this engine or this battery together
1: right that's that's bad
2: yeah it's it's rough and it they said the the it's not mandatory they're asking them to volunteer which I don't know why anybody would sign up if you're being furloughed I mean, from the company. It's, it's got to be hilarious though, right? I
0: mean, I think Zach, you you made a comment that like, wrote, like, wrote back there that was uh, like like they're sending, like Starships and all this. We talked about their, their start their first like Mars prototype Starship and how it launched but blew up. Put it this way, yeah, Elon Musk is out here with Starships because the sec the next version of that Starship, by the way, collapsed a day after the other one blew up.
2: So. Or elon hasn't perfect. had a good month <laughs> i don't think he, he's i don't think he's had a, for a real good year based on you know naming conventions of children and yeah uh, at
0: know. least they're, they're they're asking for volunteers now is this a you think it's a volunteer situation or voluntold situation
2: um i uh, the article said more or the or the couple of articles that i read most of them said it's it's a true... Like, we're asking them to volunteer their time to mm-hmm. try and keep this company afloat. But it's because they're missing deadlines cause, because of the furloughs. So yep. we've got this this chain where...
0: It's just a vicious... Cycle. People
2: got furloughed, cars got behind, everything else is getting behind. So they're asking the furloughed people to work for free. Why on earth would you ever do that?
0: I mean, I said I believe that it's actually a volunteer basis.
2: However, I still think that it's just ridiculous. I mean Well come on. And as long as the company doesn't show favorable preference to those who did volunteer, then I mean essentially, yeah, okay, if you want something to do throughout the day, go to work. But mm-hmm. why would you go spend your time doing that for free? Yeah, uh, unless you're getting something out of it and it just Maybe doesn't make sense. i to put a cap on this end here, I think. You know,
0: for those who do, actually, oh. this call, hats off to you, frankly. Uh, better person than I might, I, might I say. I mean, for those who do, great job, you know, and commitment to the company, to a cause, and whatever is going on at Tesla. I just don't think I'd be one of them, frankly, if I'm being honest. Yeah. All
2: right, well... I think uh that that covers our recharge for the week um if we're gonna move on into paddock chat let's hit the meat and potatoes
0: in paddock chat here you want to hit it want to hit us here zach and, and tell everybody uh, just about you in general and what brought you to what you're doing now uh
1: sure my quick little elevator pitch is i so i run the youtube channel shooting cars um i've been doing it for about five years but taking it really seriously for about two um my main feature on the channel is car reviews i've driven a lot of cars um i think the the car i drove today was like 479 or something um in those last couple years um and then i also do a bunch of rotary stuff that's actually what i started my channel with i had a 1985 rx7 uh, did a Series 413 B swap, MegaSquared ECU, the whole lot. And then the rear suspension decided to. Well, it had other plans. We had creative differences, and the, the rear <laughs> suspension decided to take a walk. And uh, so now I'm on my second first gen RX7, but third. Wait. Second. I'm on my second first gen RX7, but my third RX7 overall, because I had a second gen in there for a little bit. Um, but yeah, basically, I. I i am a content creator. At least that's what my bank thinks I am. So that's what I go by when I applied for a credit card. So that's, that, that's what I tell people. So yeah, I, I'm open. I'm a, I'm a big fan of the podcast and just excited, just excited to be here.
0: Thanks for, well, thanks for stopping by. I think uh, if i you know, if I may say that uh, I was were talking earlier, you know, I, for, we obviously have plugged you before, and we'll continue to do so. And, you know, I think Nick and I—if hopefully people realize me now—we're not going to plug or talk about stuff that you know we don't have confidence or, or support in. And your reviews and and the content, like the rotary stuff that you create, like I think we we're talking before, right? It's like what you would want to tell a friend, which mm-hmm. just something really authentic and wholesome. And it's just when you're done watching, you just want to—I I just want to say yes. I mean, it's just great content, the way I think it should be done, and you're just fantastic so thanks for stopping by
1: well thank you and that's what i came here for so we can wrap it up thank you so much for having me on the podcast <laughs> oh, uh, i just wanted to come and get showered in compliments um <laughs> and so i think we're done here we can skip to checkered flag and uh thank you uh <laughs> like and subscribe thanks well
2: now, be- before we jump into some of the, the the meteor topics today why don't you go ahead and give it we'll plug it again at the end but how, do, how would people find you
1: uh, so YouTube shooting cars, um, you could just youtube.com slash shooting cars. Uh, you could just do the search, search rotary life, RX seven stuff, car reviews should come up. Um, Instagram is shooting underscore, underscore cars. Um, and that, those are my main two platforms. Just usually Instagram and YouTube. Uh, you can email me Pradle reviews at gmail.com. Uh, P R A D L reviews at gmail.com, blah, blah, blah. If you don't know how to spell Gmail, um, stop using Internet Explorer. So that, that that's pretty much that. <laughs> <laughs> that that's my uh, my two cents on that. So, um,
2: I'm going to go ahead and just automatically add, like, comedian to your list of accomplishments.
1: I, I appreciate it. I You know, I've always wanted to write a coffee table book, but we'll see i have, I have a couple you if, still have time to go, right? Uh, yeah i mean like if, if we go off the rails i have some some stories i could i could share that are uh chuckle filled but we have some important topics to hit oh.
2: well okay i guess he's in charge of the podcast today i am i bought so it I <laughs> he bought he
1: bought the podcast i, I will be purchasing the rll part podcast can't even pronounce the name all right uh <laughs> i heard it here first folks <laughs> Whatever word I said, I now own whatever that was. <laughs> whatever
2: that was, well, it definitely that, wasn't the RLR. It definitely party. wasn't the podcast name. Is it
1: was, it was just I had a bunch of marbles in my mouth and just <laughs> tried to say something. Um,
0: with that, do you want to do you want to hit us off, Nick? With uh, yeah, with something that you submitted for today.
2: Yeah, so um, I did want to talk about. So I was reading through the whole GM and Chevy reintroducing the Bolt as in. What they call it an euv an electric utility vehicle so it's basically the chevy avalanche but all electric um it's something kind of interesting coming along um uh we'll be able to discuss the headlights of it because i think that was the big defining feature of it uh later when we talk about headlights um spoiler alert But uh, the one thing that they were really touting was that it is getting GM's Super Cruise, which is their self-driving technology. Now, I don't believe Super Cruise is, from the research that we did, the Super Cruise I don't believe is available yet, but it is coming early 2021, and at least with the Cadillac lineup, it is going back to the 2018 models as a software update. So, so does that mean it'll be a subscription?
0: Zach, you were saying that you think it'll be a subscription service then like uh, Tesla's is?
1: I think most likely. So the, the way that Tesla works is there's two different ways you can get um, the uh, autopilot essentially is if you buy the top top to your Tesla, it comes with it and you keep it. Well, thank um, you for that. Yeah, but if you buy the lower tiers, it can be a subscription-based service. And what I learned is that they actually give you, I think it's a one- or three-month trial free of, the, uh, of the, the autopilot on Teslas, which I think would be so depressing when they turn it off and you haven't paid yet. Um, but a lot of companies are starting to do these subscription-based services. Um, for BMW, Apple CarPlay is a subscription mm-hmm. service, which makes me want to jump out the second story window because yep. Shouldn't be, that's but. so, Ooh. so stupid. Um, also Mazda, for instance, I have a Mazda three hatchback of 2019. I have Mazda connected services. I can unlock the car, start the car, turn the flashers on all through my phone. That's mm-hmm. actually going to be a paid service. I have a three year trial, but it's going to be about, I think it's a hundred dollars a year starting in whatever 23 years from now i recently yeah. learned that that was a fun thing i huh. learned because they're like ah oh, they gave me this feature and then they're like you get it for three years unpaid and then i was like mm. oh great makes
0: sense i would imagine i mean obviously
1: isn't they... outright but
0: still there is there no loyalty in
1: yeah i mean i I understand it. I mean, like, we saw the whole thing, I mean, in the gaming world with microtransactions. Everyone went to microtransactions. Um, I think it's just going to be one of those things that we're going to see for a while, and maybe, like we're seeing with microtransactions in EA games, they're going to start pulling that reins back. Um, Hopefully down the road we'll see less subscription services. I think it's just a trend right now. Um, Obviously, auto manufacturers figured out a way where when your car payments stop, they can still get money out of you. Um, And obviously technology has just progressed to that point. So getting back to it, I think Super Cruise will probably be that sort of uh, payment model, Uh, whether that be like the top trim. I forget Cadillac's top trim these days. but Like CT6 or something like that? Well, the CT6 oh, is the car, but like, yeah, like the, the Black actual, Series, or like,
0: isn't it, like a, is it, is it the like Black Wing? Is that what it is? Or is that, yeah, um, Black. Not, is that, not it might be the
1: Black Wing. I'm not sure. Is that
0: now the performance? I pre- I could have sworn that Black like used to be the top trim for Cadillac, but now Black is almost like their performance. Yeah. Like V went away, so now it's V the top trim versus Black Wing I mean, like, I don't I listen
1: to AM radio, so I don't know how Cadillacs work, <laughs> but it, it's all crazy. I mean, it's something that like you know.
0: I mean to gm's I main gm's credit i think i watched a lot of i mean yours included but you know other channels on as well car reviews At least when i've seen it seems like you know their super cruise is the most you know the fact that it's still a prototype technically and it's not on a lot of cars you know like in production but nonetheless of any self-driving tech that's out there it seems like super cruise might be one of the best i'm probably that's what i've that's what i've heard as well that is
1: anyway. at least the word on the street. But again, it's not in any production vehicles. Yeah. And I think it's super interesting that they're going to go through the back catalog. I mean, a car that was essentially purchased in 2017, uh-huh. a 2018 model, could now get these services, which is really, really cool to see. Um, and it's going to be very interesting because when it comes online, if they do like a burst upload, there's going to be just literally thousands of cars that are just going to get this yep. feature Literally overnight,
2: I would doubt. I feel like you'd have to go into the dealership for like an oil change or something. They would update the software or something. My
1: but... Mazda Connected Services was just a. F- it was just an over-the-air update. Really, it's yeah. over okay. um, the air. Okay. The Tesla does over-the-air updates that I did on know. their own, yeah. um, because their emissions list they can turn on in the garage and stay on. Um, so it would be interesting to see how Cadillac does it, but. Um, yeah, well, we'll definitely. It's very interesting, like you said, Matt. Um, it, it's, I've heard that it's the best next to Tesla. Um, but and,
0: technically, that's also saying that only the people who have been able to test it, like you know, car right.
1: So far, I mean, Tesla's 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 are great. Autopilot is fantastic on Teslas. So, if Cadillac is even close to that, then we're in very good standing. Well,
0: comparing to Teslas, I think we're talking about, like, the Mach-E, too, right? Like, with, with Teslas, you still have to have your hands on the wheel or at least, at, you know, in certain intervals to keep it active and you're paying attention and blah, blah, blah. Or gear, an orange. Or, or, I thought that they put an update to take that away. I don't know. I saw it. I did see that. On... I,
1: I used to be in a bunch of Tesla Facebook groups because I was trying to find one to review for a while, and yeah. people were putting some wild hacks in there of how they were like pr- like trying to make the well people were sticking uh mandarin oranges you could shove into the corner of the steering wheel and it would yep. mimic a hand sitting there um yep. or people were making bags of rice that were like weighted at either end and draping it over one of the spokes of the steering wheel horribly unsafe i mean this is like
0: not recommended yeah i, I mean am- this is either like either smoking in there's...
1: a it's like smoking in an oil factory, but, you know, it is it is what it is, you know?
0: I mean, that uh, I think the future is something like, quote unquote, I mean, the true future, I think, is frankly, like, the movie was that, like I Robot with Will Smith, and, like, you're literally just sitting back, reading the paper, traveling at, like,
2: 130 miles an hour. And that's,
1: Matt, like, that movie like, ruined my childhood. Yeah, I want you, you to you've know. You
2: touched on a very. So, the, 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 so that, I just I, punched I, the, a I'm hole sorry. in the wall of the recording <laughs>
1: studio.
0: Well, then I mean, forget I said that, but <laughs> Ford's, uh, Ford's Mach E that they. You know they don't need to. I was watching the review from the Straight Pipes the other day, and apparently you don't have to press the wheel to keep it active. It has a screen that looks at your face and your eyes. I think that's the quote unquote future. The Super Cruise need does it work like that as well, or does it need the constant you know feet, input from the driver?
2: You know? I well, it did it say know. it said on Cadillac's website that it would be like it would have a, a face monitoring or an eye monitoring technology. But Zach, you mentioned before the podcast your Mazda already has that.
1: Right, so actually, face monitoring software, or a forward-facing, or actually technically rear-facing a, sensor yeah. for awakeness attention level, is in mo- 90% of cars now. 90% of new cars. Really? Yeah. Um, literally, the, the video I was editing today, the Honda Insight, which is a great car you guys should check out, because they don't sell any of them, but they're great. Um, any car that has that attention level, that's usually how they do that. Um, there's a sensor usually in the infotainment screen sometimes by the gauges and it just reads your facial expressions and my car personally my Mazda 3 hatch um when it thinks that i'm not paying attention enough or whatever it is the center gauge lights up white and it just says time to take a break huh yeah which you know
0: something you want to do when traveling 70 miles an hour down the highway
1: Right. And, and, and it is, you can turn it off in the infotainment. Um, I just, it, it rarely comes on for me that one night I, I went to go see my girlfriend at like 10 o'clock. Um, actually when I was getting off the highway, cause I was dead tired. It was a last minute sort of emergency trip. Um, when I got off the, when I was getting off on the off ramp, it was like t- Time for a break and i was like i know i know <laughs> <laughs> i agree um i'm
0: trying i'm almost there
1: but the most commonly um if you'll see on new cars there's actually a new symbol on the dashboard it's a little coffee cup hmm. so this was, was i fun. first discovered this on the toyota land cruiser but almost all toyota products have it kias have it um a lot most hondas have it it's a little coffee mug and it's the attention level um normally it's in the screen it'll come up it's not like a separate light although i have seen it been like a tiny light on the dash just like a check engine light or something like that
2: that's new and different i guess
1: because i had it come on when i was driving the the 2019 land cruiser and it didn't say attention it didn't say time for a break it literally just lit up and i was like I thought there was an espresso maker in the glove box or something. I was like, <laughs> all right, like, yeah, sure, I'll take a coffee right now. I mean, <laughs> it's 2 p.m., kind of odd, but yeah, sure. So, yeah, it, it's actually in most cars nowadays, and it's just a feature that gets looked over. No one really knows about it, and no one really talks about it.
0: Oh, well, I, I don't want to revisit that, that uh, maybe open wound or, or touch a nerve here, but maybe I, I, I suspect the reason is, we keep hearing that it's not good enough we keep hearing this accident that doesn't work whatever it's a prototype i think you know someday we'll see like i robot levels of self-driving but we're a long way off i think it'll be at the forefront of buyers minds until it's a heck of a lot better than it is now frankly
1: I will be six feet under when that happens, Matt. I tell you what. That movie took place in Chicago near home, and it was robots which you can't easily kill, and that freaked me out. It really did. Zombies zombies don't affect me. It's, it's the robots because they're smarter and they're strong and they're made of metal, and you can't just punch they them. They
0: have the rules. They can't hurt humans, right? The three laws.
1: Matt, the whole movie was about how they broke the laws. Did you not see the movie? Were you too enamored by Will Smith and his robot arm?
0: 100 percent when i see will smith my eyes just glaze over and i'm just i start drooling
1: i mean we're getting into a weird subcategory with matt i think we learned something today but also didn't they kind of unveil the audi r8 in that movie kind of they they used the audi r8 R8 concept i think the r8 was
2: out but it was the the whole mission uh, can we use this to
1: look up stuff yeah. Oh, yeah, we already did. Uh, um, can what, we use this what, to look up... Well, what computer. year did... Yeah. Does this computer compute? Can we look up what year iRobot this came computer out? computer compute? Yeah, what is this, one of those TI-84s?
2: <laughs> okay, oh, apparently...
1: I iRobot that. is apparently a Roomba. So yeah, it's, that's the name of the company. <laughs> that's 2004. 2004. The R8 came out in 08. Did it really? Yeah.
0: I mean... It, I, it, I have to agree with you, Zach. I think that was kind of like like we saw the Tron in, like, be showcasing the Iron Man, like, three movie or something for the first? I think the same thing in uh, iRobot for...
1: Uh, I, I, th- in I think they used the concept car mm-hmm. for... Same thing in the Iron Man movie, I think. Yeah, 2006, okay. Two th- okay, 2006. But still, two years later. I mean, it didn't <sighs> debut for two more years, you know? I mean, the, it at the very least it had to have been a pre-production r8 i would say until someone proves all of us wrong look at that right yeah that, that's so definitely a concept right
2: that's a hundred percent futuristic so r8 <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh no <laughs> they got the robot next to the car okay. no yeah, we're, we're gonna take it
0: down you're going to shock. Different electric tech, different car maker. Oh we're yeah. What about the Mercedes EQ? <laughs> okay, okay. Let's, okay. Let's, moving let's on let's to moving
2: out of the Mercedes EQ as fast as humanly possible. Go hyperventilate in the corner. <laughs> <laughs> so Mercedes uh, put out that they are working on their EQ lineup. It looks like we're gonna have an EQ A class, an EQ C class, and an EQ G class. Um, or maybe what what's the what is the it's the gl is the normal suv not the g yeah. wagon yeah, man they just they just yeah. throw
1: letters in there all the time and it hurts my head mercedes is one of those these brands that the nomiculture is just it's just too confusing yeah. so
2: we're gonna see i believe it's the gl class but they they released that they're going to have an eq uh a an eqc and an EQGL. EQGL. And basically what they've done is, with their development with Formula E, just as Porsche has done uh, with the Taycan, we are probably going to, we are going to see, not probably, we are going to see Mercedes using that Formula E technology that they've developed and they are going to continue developing and racing for the 2022 model year releasing these electric vehicles. Um, They are full plug-in hybrids. They are performance models. Uh, they are not considered AMG, but they are considered the top level performance models for Mercedes. So, based on what we
0: talked about with the the Tycon, Tycon. God, You see, you got me. We were talking about it before, and it's got, it's got
1: stuck <laughs> in my head. Uh, it sounds like a least... southern person saying the word "taken,"
0: Tycon. Yep. Tycan. i mean to be to be honest though I, we were talking about a couple episodes of the, that crash from the the guy we, i think it was you know derived to be uh, it was on like hill assist or whatever and all that oh yeah it was the and, it was the hill the break power assist. of like the turbo s model of the tycan i don't fr- based on what we're seeing with the tycan and how that's basically a race car for the road i don't think i'm on board with this frankly i don't i don't think we need a bunch of uh you know, maybe uh, affluent 17-year-olds driving around extremely powerful electronic cars that are on high school parking lots and college is in general. And I'm not really... In, in I mean, a yeah,
1: but, while I agree, I mean, I feel like there's nothing that's going to stop that. I mean, if, oh, if Mercedes yeah. doesn't build these, you know those affluent parents are just going to buy their kids a p100d or they're going to buy buy their kids you know something else that's fast i mean we saw this in the mid-2000s with mustangs mustangs got really cheap every rich kid had one and then Mm -hmm. now we have tons of memes because of it i mean it's just like it's just what's gonna happen it's just that rich people for the most part can't drive so
2: we have two hour compilations of mustangs crashing into crowds on youtube
1: yeah so get ready in 2035 while we're watching all of the e mercedes just you know hit ditches and stuff at 40 miles an hour can't wait for those compilations uh, on whatever thing. youtube I mean, is that I mean,
0: in terms of the trance like Just like F1s, obviously, in in racing in general, like influences production car design and and technology with like ABS and and disc brakes and blah, blah, blah. I think a lot of it could be a good thing. I mean, you know, the world does need, I think I agree, in hybrids, electric cars. And I've said here too that when I can get the same performance and range and amenities, a typical, you know, a typical internal combustion engine out of an EV, I'll buy one. It will get to that point someday. Until then, I won't. But that said, we need them. I, I, I think it's inevitable. If they, if they don't build them, somebody else will. And there could be some good from it. I like seeing racing tech applied to the consumer level.
2: I always think innovation's a good thing because it, it moves the Absolutely. market forward. Um, it's, I mean, I don't know if you really can build an electric car that's built off of a Formula E car without it being a performance vehicle, though.
0: Do you get the feeling that Mercedes is just trying too hard to make r- like cool racing versions of consumer cars? Because we have Technic, this could turn into, you know, Formula E car for the road. We already, they're already trying to build the AMG One with, like, the form car for the road.
2: Are they trying too hard? I don't, I don't necessarily think they are. And so I think majority of what is being developed here is they need something that's fun to drive. So that more people buy EVs, because if more people buy EVs, then the EU lets them build more insane petrol cars. Oh, uh, it's just like a Lamborghini with the, uh, what is that thing called? Or, Urus? Well, you
0: know,
2: build the, build an SUV, get more money to, kind of thing. I well, I think it's it's more along the lines of Aston Martin building the or what was it? They
1: loaned the Toyota IQ, and oh yeah, to get their overall emissions yeah. lower, yeah.
2: So that they could build a more insane V12 or V10 or whatever it ended up being. I could get behind that, you know, build build the SUVs, build this and that. I can get behind that. I don't think, obviously I don't think the Mercedes powerhouse cars are going away. AMG is definitely not going away. They've got too much money into that. So I don't think these are going to overtake the question is: Are they going to make it more powerful than an AMG, or do they want to keep AMG alive?
1: I think AMG will go electric eventually.
2: Really? Mm-hmm. You think so? Oh, yeah.
1: Which is a shame. The C sixty three is one of my favorite cars. Mm-hmm. Uh, the C sixty three AMG, AMG that I drove. That. Well, because here is the thing: is that I recently learned that they're developing a four wheel drive hybrid Corvette. What? Yeah. What? I don't know if that's super public knowledge, but like it is now, you know because um, I was told by someone else. Um, but yeah, they're developing a hybrid, uh, four-wheel drive Corvette.
0: Okay. Is mean, that, was, was that the logical next step after taking it out of its uh, out of its heritage with a mid-engine and? Not, I mean, you know, logical it, next step, isn't it? I, it?
1: What are your feelings on the C Eight? Just for a second, what are your feelings, Matt, <laughs> on the C Eight? I know you're uh, very big into it.
0: I would say so. Actually, when we first first met, which was a long time ago at this point, yes, le- less so now definitely, but I still I will always have a love for, you know, childhood love for Corvettes. Um, I, I'm i in favor of it, but not, uh, put it this way, I like it. I, I hate the rear end of it. I hate it. I just think it looks boxy, and I think, I think they botched the, the you know, from the rear quarter panel back, essentially from the, like, I the I door the backwards. End. I love the front end. I like the performance. I think it's a great first attempt but i don't want it to go too far if that makes sense i mean i i still like the you know giant engine front engine can't control it you know like like, like the c7 zr1 right too much horsepower can't put it down it's supposed to be a car that, that scares you yeah to death, right you have experience in that with with the with, with, with review and the
1: like, right? the c6 z06 left <laughs> some skid marks on the road and in my trousers Uh, that was, that was, well, it had a, it had a big cam in it, uh, bigger injectors, tune, things like that. Um, and absolutely no chassis support, uh, beyond that, but that's the way that I look at them though. Like, like in all, like that's not, obviously not,
0: not a good thing, good things in in terms of like, like logically, right. But that's the way I look at it. I think the, the H generation has bettered on that in a good way, but now, like you said, like you said, four, you know, four wheel drive hybrid, just stop, you know? I think there was a while ago where they were talking about turning, you know, articles coming out like turning the, the, the Camaro All-Electric or the Corvette All-Electric. I'm like, stop ruining it. Just just leave it alone, you know? Just stop. Well, that's kind of how I feel. And about. the
2: problem is, while Ford received backlash for the Mach-E, I refuse to call it its full name. Because um, yeah. it's not
0: what they claim it to be. I, I have one, I and mean, it would be a Mustang.
2: Yeah. Um, I While I... Like I said, I refuse to use the full name of the Mach-E. They didn't receive enough... They either didn't receive enough backlash or they received enough pre-orders that that thing is still very much going into production and it is going to be a very popular car.
0: Oh, I mean, simply said, people are still going to buy it, you know? He, here's my thing. Not enough petrol heads to say no, you know?
1: Here's my view on the Corvette, because this is my same view on the Miata. Mm-hmm. Because, like, the Miata has changed a lot over the years as well. I think... Mm-hmm. If you look at the Corvette as GM's just like essentially their halo car, it's GM's yeah. best attempt at a sports car or muscle car, supercar, whatever you want to call it. I think that in that pursuit of just being the best they can make, I think it's good for them to keep updating the technology. I think it's insane that they're still using a push rod engine because why <laughs> apparently i guess the z06 is getting a dual overhead cam engine allegedly um but i think well because that's how i feel about the miata because i was thinking about this the other day when i drove the 2020 miata and i was like what if they made the miata a hybrid what if they made a miata electric and i think as long as it's still the core of the miata is just a fun to drive two-seater convertible mm-hmm. if they made the miata a a a sedan absolutely not but like if if it's still a two-seater convertible that's fun to drive it just happens to be electric because that's how the world's moving by all means i would still be a miata fan i mean that's just how i look at it it's just like if the corvette is going to be gm's best attempt at like that's their crown jewel that's what they're going to go through space and time with then I think it should keep up with modern times. I mean, we've done the V eight thing for years. So
2: if we're gonna talk all wheel drive hybrid model, right. of the Corvette, right, what is that then going to be essentially? And I hate using this term, but it's the best way I can describe it right now. Is this essentially going to be like the poor man's La Ferrari or the poor man's P one?
1: Probably. I assume I that's what they would be going after. I mean, like I don't think it'll ever get to that point. Yeah, I don't think
0: it'll ever get that I fast. Don't, I don't know. That, that I'm not talking about that other, fast. Like, but... like, literally, yeah, that is such another stratosphere. But I think if I look at it, you know, if I think about it the way that you do, Zach, which I, I will agree that makes – hundred. I can get behind if, if if I think about it that way, right? Mm-hmm. Like I'm for, both for and against that, that train of thought. Staying in that train of thought, I think the, the even the, the top ends of whatever the quarterback can turn into, quote-unquote, Will always compete with your mid-level to slightly higher range Ferraris or Ferrari, and that's the goal, right? I don't think it'll ever be a competition, or I don't yeah. even think America will. Technically, I'm a fan of the European sports cars and, and Italian sports cars. I don't think America will ever have a, a true competition for stuff like that. Yeah, but and
1: I, I think the I think the Corvette should go all-wheel drive if to compete 100%. with a Huracan, if to compete with. I don't even know what the lower tier Ferraris are these days, um, but and I
0: gotta say, I mean, isn't that what they were kind of going with? Like, like mid-engine. I swore I remember reading way, way, way back. That, well, yeah, and the, know, a, a test mule, a competition car was the four hundred and fifty-eight. Was the four hundred and fifty-eight Ferrari? I mean, right. One of the one of the all-time just
1: great sports cars. Well, you know, wasn't bench, it actually bench
2: rented out by cars? Rob Ferretti? Which one? The four hundred and eighty-eight test car.
1: Might have been. I think but, the. Yeah, But the thing is, something that I learned, actually reviewed the uh, 2021 Toyota Sienna, only offered in hybrid now, which I think is an amazingly smart decision. Mm-hmm. Um, it, It's also offered in the all-wheel drive now. And I'm like, an all-wheel drive minivan, that's kind of hard to do. Well, the electric motor was just at the back wheels. So it's a hybrid.
0: Hmm.
1: In the ele- There's an electric motor at the front wheels and the gas engine. But the rear wheels were only powered... By the electric motors, there was no drive shaft connecting the two, so you could keep the low yes. floor of a minivan without a drive shaft. So oh, I assume okay. that's how they would be making the Corvette all-wheel drive without running a drive shaft from the rear of the car up to the front. I mean, that's adding weight of differentials. That's adding yeah. weight of and drive electric shaft, motors are heavy enough as to, they are, right? So it would be it would probably be more of a hybrid on demand system. Not a whole lot of batteries. Probably can't even drive it in EV mode. Or like uh, the Honda Insight, you can drive EV under 20 miles an hour for 20 miles. So we're talking more Curly of like a KERS setup. Right. Okay. Right. Yeah. I assume that's what they would be doing. Again, I don't have a whole lot of information. I talked to someone who actually works in Detroit, and that's what they told me. Is That's that's the direction they're looking at. Um, so the Z06 c8 would be the dual overhead cam and then i believe it was the zr1 that was going to be the hybrid all-wheel drive well i
0: mean if you really think about it you look like like one of the things i think one of the reasons standard is you know in terms of space and, and you know load of the ground and sight lines that they wanted they you know push rod whatever they had with, with like the seventh generation zr1 I mean they said it themselves they really can't they couldn't squeeze and really any more power out that they already did granted what they did squeeze out was i would maybe argue more than what they should have in the first place considering they couldn't even put all the power down right right but at the same time i mean like you said you know i i, I have always been one frankly that like enough with the old-fashioned push rides Let, let's let's do away with that right right at, at least that at least I let's get into the, the 21st century there's no denying I think that that car is like the P1 a lot for like hyper cars but you know unless you're a, a Bugatti Chiron and you've got just like straight horsepower or whatever hybrid systems, current systems are, are the clearly more perform you can get more performance out of them you can get faster speeds and whatever yeah. like, that's proven obviously so I wouldn't be surprised if they're the flagship you know the top end model of the A generation and at least from here on out would be the hybrid because as much as you know petrol heads might hate to admit it i think hybrids have at least sports cars high end have proven their worth uh i think beyond proven their worth so yeah
1: and i agree and i i think the the zr1 corvette you know it would be a hybrid but i'm from what i've heard it will still remain a v8 hybrid you know it's they're not going to throw uh uh ecotech motor from the gc you know you're not gonna get a 2.4 yeah. liter turbo they're Not dumb enough to screw it yeah. up too
0: bad at least they're, they're gonna do it as chevy you know with the way they changed you know their cars especially like that one over the years they're clearly a little prone to to not to keeping the status quo obviously so i think if what you're saying is they're not gonna just throw the kitchen sink at everybody they're, they're gonna do it at least a little bit smart they're gonna do it in, in increments
1: so yeah which
0: is all i guess i could hope for right yeah
1: yeah well wow. well that was quite the tangent off yeah. of mercedes <laughs> but uh <laughs> but, we'll but in, we'll
0: having Mercedes, I, don't really, I mean keep tune with them so i don't know much about it but yeah we'll see what what kind of technology can translate from uh, the formula e Grand Prix to you know your everyday yeah. gl
2: series so i think um i know i added it to the list but matt you you're kind of the resident um Sailing yeah. expert, here. And and guess just uh this this water crap, like boats. You know
0: you got I got you into boats. You got me into aircraft. So the uh there, there's a new I, I I don't I don't know how to pronounce the <laughs> the name German Freers I think is the uh, the design, but I don't know who who makes it so I I don't misquote.
2: uh I, be- I believe it's Nollis. Is that how you Nullis. pronounce it?
0: Most of these manufacturers are, shall we say, American-based, right? Rightfully okay. so, right? Right. So, yeah. There's a new There's a new yacht, a, ni- a 30 meter, or for those of us in the states, and about a 90 foot yacht, the Swan 8, that 98, sorry, that is sold. It's fourth model, which might not sound like a big deal, but if you look at it online, it frankly is. And there's the world of sailing yachts is really interesting. You don't, I mean, frankly, see a lot of them. And one of the most expensive yachts, I forget the name in the world, it's owned by some Russian billionaire, of course. Has, it's like a three-masted sailor. I'm gonna look it up right now, see so if I can't find it. But if you look up, if you look at this yacht up online, it's, I think we found, what, about nine, starting 9 million pounds, right, give or take? Which, yep. don't know what that conversion would be in US dollars. Well, let's be honest, when you design a yacht, you can pretty much put whatever you want in there. Frankly, it's got a, got a crew of four. It's got room for a crew of four, which is pretty impressive, and I think it's just awesome. I, I think it's really cool. It's it's unique, frankly. It's a little. It's kind of small, you know. It's your typical uh, normal rich person's yacht, I would say. You know, you're not, not going to be spending 150 million dollars on a Sunseeker, you know, 115 meter or so on, or yeah, 150 meter something like that. It's not
2: years. a super yacht. It's a sailing yacht.
0: It it would be. Uh, I, I think here, here's a good example. We talked about the Embry. Um, uh. But what's what's the word? Uh, the, Porsche Embra- the, yeah, the Porsche every yeah, the Porsche I think that's about like a $10 million package for the car and the jet. I would kind of put this in the same level of, you know, you got to be clearly wealthy to own it, right? But it's a it's a good starter yacht at about, well, I think like 9-10 million bucks. So,
2: so here's my question for you, Matt. How long do yachts last? Cuz we know planes as long as they're properly maintained and there's not serious issues with the engines, they can last 50 60 70 years.
0: Yeah, and I think the nice thing, at least as far as I know, I don't think that yachts but not also would would you argue that like aircraft also suffer from latency in design because anything that goes into an airframe even like a gold-plated seatbelt buckle, right, has to be approved by the FAA, correct? And once yeah, that gets approved, by the time it's approved, and your jet is made that's already old right yeah and
2: and just along the lines of you know i always think of time from order to actual time of delivery i always thought working in the emergency vehicle market Mm -hmm. with fire trucks that you place an order in 2018 and you might not see it until january of 2020 I thought that was a long time. Then you start looking at airplanes and you go, well, you placed your order in 2007 and you're getting it in 2017. Mm -hmm. Um, In the case of a lot of the 787s and the 777s from Boeing. I mean, you know, these are long-term things. I don't know enough about the sailing world to know how long it takes to produce a yacht and then how long that yacht can stay in service.
0: I mean, I think with anything, with how long a yacht can stay in service, whether it be a sailing or a motor yacht, it really comes down to, like, the, I, it sounds dumb, but the cost of it. I mean, one, can you maintain it? Like, if, if you personally would keep the yacht, I, I think maybe, like, every 10 to 20 years, give or take, yachts might be, quote-unquote, replaced. But at the same time, if you've got, you know, like, like if you're chartering out a yacht, like, you see on like, like below deck and shows like that, you know, on uh, Bravo or whatever it is, You know if they're maintained well they can last for much longer than that either i mean it also depends on the materials used and what the holes and just the general use you know you're sailing on the ocean salt water is obviously wreaking havoc on various parts so it's it's by no means also cheap to maintain a yacht much like an aircraft i mean you can't just buy it and stick it in the water and you're done sailing yachts are also because not only do you have sailing knots generally also have motors on too as a backup plan or obviously if there's no wind you can't move you still gotta be able to meander around the water right yeah it's essentially like an oversized trolling motor right yeah you could you could argue that there's i would say there might even be more to go wrong on a sailing yacht because you could have all kind like the sails or or the jib or whatever like come out of the you know out of its track on the mast you've got ropes and all kinds of stuff you got to worry about that you really don't have to on a motor yacht so i look at sailing yachts is kind of the cooler and more difficult and frankly like a really good one is uh, i i did watch it because there was a sailing yacht show on bravo it's below deck like sailing yacht i've never seen a show with sailing yachts and i'll say motor yachts are but there's nothing like sailing when you get a, a, a gust and you're just heading along peaceful zach i know you might not agree but yes weight distribution whatever when you're so, uh, so many degrees basically like diagonally sideways eating your breakfast in the morning being brought to you by the cheese steward i mean come on i i think that's just the coolest thing in the world when your drink is you know 20 30 degrees off the level and you're still just having fun i think nothing will be cooler than that i i love sailing just not on yachts but just like general even tiny like 10 foot watercraft and it's i think it's really cool i lo- i don't i can't afford one in the current day it's a beautiful boat it's a beautiful ship and i think it's worth worth
1: checking out and playing with matt that whole idea just repulses me to my core <laughs> so, sailing is definitely it's not terrifying people. dude <laughs> okay. under the under the ocean is just outer space we don't know what's down there we say they're like we know but we don't yeah. know what's down there i, I this, this might
0: sound weird but speaking of like like water it, I think we, we haven't gone into watercraft uh, yet uh, much on the podcast, but I, I love cruising, um, and, and, you know, you could, yeah, argue on environment, action, blah, 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 but at the same time, I will never be ha- I've never been happier, frankly, than when I'm drinking, you know, let's say a beer, I, being over 21, legal drinking age in the state. I, I you know, drinking a beer or, some, or, or some, a scotch on the top deck of a, of a cruise ship, like in the middle of the ocean you see nothing but you know top deck stars above you i've always loved outer space and i've loved the ocean i mean open ocean it just fascinates me when i'm i'm swimming in the ocean i do have that i don't know what it's called but it's like the call of the deep kind of thing where i i want to just keep swimming i don't but i want to keep
1: swimming down just to kind of so matt is aquaman i and... guess so you <laughs> <It's... laughs> i mean here you say nothing better. Let me let me ask you something. Have you ever thrown a Miata into a super sketchy corner and not died? It's one of the most awesome feelings in the world. And from what you're describing, in all seriousness, in all seriousness, it sounds like you legitimately need to buy a Miata and drive it with the yeah. top down for a summer because you can get 90% of that feeling when you drive with the top down. I, 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 am, I have a huge fear of water. I did not know that this was going to be the Zach Fear podcast. Literally, my two biggest fears are water and robots, Um, but that's fine. Um, But I love jet skis. Jet skis are like my favorite watercraft Mm -hmm. at all. Like ski do me up, like let's go. But driving a Miata with the top down, you get that nice little breeze in your hair. And it's the same as boating culture too. When you see another Miata, you give a wave because you both know that you're in this culture. You know, mm-hmm. that's, uh, it's great Well,
2: Matt, you've got I don't know if the, the listeners know You have a, was it a 64 and a half Mustang? What year is your Mustang?
0: Oh, it's uh 66 66
2: Mustang convertible
0: uh, Mustang GT 49 V8 Yeah Convertible, uh, all all original Original pony interior, original top It's been, uh, it, it has been Restored a couple times, it's been in some accidents In its early life, but yeah, it's uh, Cherry red Black uh, black interior pony black pony interior love
1: it. While while I love first gen Mustangs, I've driven two of them and loved both of them equally. You should definitely try driving a convertible that can turn more than forty degrees,
2: because okay. it is an
1: absolute blast on a back road. I love Mustangs. The mus the first gen Mustang, the first mm-hmm. one I reviewed was a sixty uh, yeah. five, red interior, cream white exterior. I remember watching that one and. <laughs> That was the first car that I, before even reviewing, I walked up to and I was like, this is a good car. Like, I I just had that gut feeling of like, this is an awesome car. And granted, that could have been helped out by the fact of, you know, we took it downtown and we took Mm -hmm. it to a a 50s styled uh, ice cream shop. So it was like very, you know, fitting. And I have a picture of it under the neon lights out there. Um but the the Mustang's a fantastic car. I just think you need you need a Miata. I think the world needs Miatas. <laughs> that's that's my two cents and, and there.
0: I think as a, a random uh, to maybe bring us back to the little the tangent here. The the, the sailing yacht that I was thinking of uh, is actually I believe called. It's an 88 meter sailing yacht that bought, hundred in 2017 about 150 million dollars. It's called the Maltese Falcon. Is the uh, the yacht? I looked <laughs> up online. The Maltese
1: Falcon. So here's what you're gonna do. You're gonna buy a 1992 Mazda Miata with frame rot and everything, and then you're gonna save that other 149 million nine hundred ninety nine thousand dollars, and have fun with it. And go buy a Swan. I'll go. I'll save about
0: ten mil of that. Go buy a Swan Eight and have uh, have fun with Swan and have fun with the rest. Right.
1: Those were definitely words. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know boats. <laughs> I know Ski Doo's. That's it. Cause my friend restores them. He has a whole warehouse full of Ski Doo's. That's pretty cool uh a friend of mine okay he, he the one the guy with the isf the 600 horsepower oh, yeah, yeah, isf yeah, yeah. he sold it he has a, a mark 4 supra now that's going to get about 800 horse you just reviewed that car like nice. yeah not too long ago but then he also has a warehouse full of skidus uh today we wrench on youtube if you're looking for a channel to to look at he's restore he's doing a full like frame off resto of a mark 4 supra uh it's gonna get 2j i think he's looking to make some big horsepower out of it and that'll be uh reviewed on my channel sometime next year so awesome
2: well that's fantastic
1: um speaking
0: of that maybe we have a little back on land (laughs) yeah back on land
2: um let's talk about the uh
0: more comfortable something for zach here (laughs) thank you
2: yeah um let's talk about the uh something that we all can agree on um trucks and their size and mm-hmm. how they don't fit in traffic anymore in the states they're
0: too dang big zach i want to elaborate
1: <laughs> yeah i mean i mean this has always been a thing the The interesting thing was last summer i drove the brand new ranger for the first time um the 2019 ranger and what was surprising is that it felt like the size of our 1500 pickup truck from the 90s um we used to have a really? i don't we didn't even mention it nick and i are brothers
2: yeah. we we totally skipped over that fact. We, we did skip over that fact. Like my commute,
1: <laughs> my commute this morning was about eighteen feet from my room to his. I mean, like, <laughs> yeah. It uh, it yeah. Um, but anyway, we used to have a late '90s Dodge Ram 1500, 5.9 liter. You know, almost a big block, Sport Package. Um, and when I drove the Ranger, it it the 2019 Ranger, which is considered a smaller pickup truck it felt the same size. Definitely ride height was higher, although we had the sport one, so it was lower by nature. But this, the cabin size of it felt big. And so what does this leave us with? Well, now the full-size trucks are now so much bigger. Um, especially, I wish this was a video podcast. I'd show the picture of the F-250 next to my Miata. I mean, it, it's just, it's insane. It's literally, the, the roof of the car didn't even come up to the hood of the f-250 um which is actually the reason i sold that miata um you put it in the discord chat oh can i yeah
2: um
1: okay i'll try to do that while while still talking but um that's actually the reason i sold my miata was because i was almost run off the road by a semi the guy just legitimately didn't see me you know no one's fault really um but it's just i was so i was so small on the road, and what's interesting is a lot of people, uh, a lot of people commented on my video when I sold it. And they're like, "Oh, it's not an issue. Where do you live? Oh, the UK. The UK doesn't get fifteen hundred pickup trucks. The UK right. doesn't I mean, get F two fifty They don't get F two
0: cars. Smaller what like everything. Not an American."
1: Right they they freak out when they see like a regular 1500 pickup truck they go like oi me crumpets or whatever they do what? I don't what? I don't know how what british people say when they see trucks but like that's a big deal especially Japan too I drove one of Japan's largest trucks a couple months ago and it's it was the Nissan Hardbody from the 90s I mean it was like the little you know yeah,
2: the essentially for those of you who watched what I consider classic Top Gear, unfortunately, it's considered classic Top Gear now with the the true trio. It's, yep. it was the indestructible truck, right? Yep. Uh,
1: oh, similar that, one. No. that that no, was no, a, no. uh the one I drove was, was a, a Nissan. Hilux, so, that was yeah. a yeah a Toyota Hilux, um, which is actually no longer sold here, um. But yeah, so I truck
0: that would never die.
1: That's the that's the photo. Yeah, I, I so can't send it in the Discord because I don't want to scroll and find it, but.
2: Oh here you, do you not have the little oh, setting where you I? can hit? The I don't know how to right? work technology. Yeah. I'm, I'm
1: actually a granddad One thing you said,
0: that like the trucks the way they are there right now, but I mean then I mean, obviously the, at least in the states here it's popular to take you know off the lot, but then you put bigger tires, lift kit, and it gets even bigger. Frankly, I mean, it's it's just kind of out of control.
2: <laughs> well there, there's a whole there's a whole sub genre of, I mean just truck culture um truck yep. women in the states um I dated can, one so i yeah it's um it, it's definitely i mean but the number one thing that i notice with large trucks nowadays mm-hmm. and this is kind of bleeding into our next topic uh, which we'll we'll touch on a little bit more. It's just the ride height on them at this point is so high that I'm constantly blinded by the headlights.
1: Mm-hmm. And oh, it's that's it.
2: and I've yeah. got dark tint. I've got an auto dimming mirror, mm-hmm. so it will go even dimmer than the the tint on my. You know it's, it's I don't think it's any secret to the listeners now. I drive a Dodge Durango,
1: mm-hmm.
2: um, but even so. If you catch it in the mirror, the side mirror, it's it's piercingly bright, and my first reaction was always, "Well, the guy lifted his truck and didn't realign the headlights like he should have," mm-hmm. and then I realized, "Oh no, that's standard ride height." That, you know, yep. Sierra is the, the GMC Sierra is like the ultimate eye killer at night.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Oh, I I was just I was coming back from my uh, my aunt's house, my my aunt and grandmother's couple uh, couple of days ago. Over, over actually over the past weekend and same thing nick I, i'm driving the what the 2003 ls 4 uh, ls 430 lexus which no tint still auto dimming mirror but it's also lower to the ground and it was just it was it was unbearable it's the piercingly bright home. i yeah. frankly had to sink down in the driver's seat and tilt off to the right like basically put my head to the right of the steering wheel just to be out of the view of all the reflections in the mirrors even That's every that car
1: in the RX-7. Every single car that pulls up behind you is just, yeah, blinding they... you because it's a tiny, tiny car. But it's interesting you said about the Nick. You said about the the headlights being leveled. A lot of modern trucks have headlight levelers built into the system. Um, Toyota still use an actual toggle switch on the left of the steering wheel, hmm. and it's actually like a roller switch. And you can lower the headlights so, like, if you're carrying something heavy and the truck's leaning back, you can adjust them and not blind people. Do people use this feature? No. But what's interesting is that that feature is also found on the heaviest of duty trucks, the Mazda 6. I don't know why. (laughs) Well, no, it was in the Speed 3, too. Yeah, like, well, I can actually adjust them in my car, too, in in my my Mazda 3. 3. I don't know why Mazda allows you to, to change the headlight height, but it can um the other thing i want to touch on with the headlights because i know this segment you want to talk more about headlight design um but headlight right but headlight brightness my car has auto high beams so when the car doesn't detect anything in front of you it's got the high beams on problem is that car that the high beam system in the model in the mazda 3 is terrible it would, to the point where it would be like, high beam, off. High beam, high beam, high beam, off. High beam, off. Like, it was like... Really? Like, like, I was going to have a... I turned it off in that car. And actually, I've tried turning it back on just to see. I can't... I don't know how to turn it back on. When I got it, I turned it off the first night, and it's never come back on. Hmm. But it's very, it's very, very interesting. And my, my friend Rebecca bought the same car as me off of my recommendation. And... you welcome. And, um she the first night she had it she was driving home and she was like what are my high beams doing and i'm like hit the button on the end of the the light stock the a with the light and i'll shut mm-hmm. it off so that could be another thing is that people don't know about that feature and the auto high beams just kind of I, those systems aren't very good yet
2: <laughs> i've i've come across a couple of them and it's just and me driving because my Durango also has auto high beams, mm-hmm. but I have to shut them off mm-hmm. for d- other reasons that I won't get into on the podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, but long story short, my, my car is tied into some other systems for work mm. reasons, and I can't, I can't drive around and have the high beams turn mm. on because that might... Nick's
1: Durango is actually one of the ducks up in the Wisconsin Dells that yes. drives into the water, so he can't have the high beams on for that. Yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah, when it goes into flotation mode, it, 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 the it high disables will just the high it. beams. So, yeah. yeah.
2: Um, no, that being... I, I disabled mine, but I noticed, you know, before I had the systems installed in my car, that mine would work okay, mm-hmm. but there were times when I found myself having to turn it off because even my Durango sits up higher than most sedans Mm -hmm. and the sedans wouldn't trigger the camera or the number one culprit was when it got packed with snow the first Mm -hmm. day I drove it home the camera system or however it was sensing the light just for whatever reason got blocked and it constantly thought it was darker than it was and it was just blasting the high beams Yeah, and you know so I had to shut it off there are I think my whole thing with the brightness of the truck headlights Mm -hmm. is just the trucks are so big Mm -hmm. that the headlights just sit at mirror level
1: now. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I could see that.
1: Well, there actually are headlight laws on how high a headlight can be. Um, That becomes an issue when people lift their trucks. There's bumper laws and headlight laws.
2: Right. The Um, thing
0: that shocks me on, on that, Zach, is that there are also laws on how bright they can be. And I think, you know, I, I could be wrong, but I think, like, like laser headlights on BMW, like, high-trim models aren't allowed legally here in the States, or at least the full versions of them. And if headlights are as bright as they are now, what could they be
2: if those were allowed?
1: The Frankly, sun. I the mean, sun, Matt. They would be the sun. It,
0: it would be, yeah, the sun well, in my rear, didn't, rear mirror.
2: <laughs> didn't Audie make a joke about that with the vampire uh, Super Bowl ad? Where they turn in and the guy hits the high beams and all the vampires melted or whatever. I I thought you were talking about the
1: Audi concept that uh, the headlights are drones and they come off and they light the way in front of you. Yeah. I think what? it was Audi that wait, did, wait, like, wait, an off wait, 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 a second. Exactly. Get on the Google!
2: <laughs> okay. Pull up
1: Google. <laughs> Google! Jamie, pull that up.
2: Um, <laughs> we don't have right. a Jamie. I no.
1: actually heard about it on Rogan, actually. It was Dave Chappelle that brought it up on Rogan. What? And I'm like, I don't think Dave Chappelle has seen a car since, like, 2004. But he's just living in spaceships. But...
0: That's Audi okay. drone headlights. from 2019,
1: September. Look at images. It's, like, an off-road... Yeah, yeah. So, the headlights... Are actual, it's like drones that go in front of the car and just light the way for you instead of having traditional headlights. What? Yeah it was an Audi. it's an Audi concept I was right thank you and I'm sorry Audi but that just doesn't seem like a good idea. I'm just no, looking because at because what picture. if you make a u-turn then your headlights are kind of gone <laughs> for a second until then they're, they're catch gonna up. become a lifted pickup truck and be shining in your rear view <laughs> I get this for lighting your way when you park the car and if you walked up to the house oh, yeah, that'd be cool if they flew up behind you and kind of lit your way up to the house but this seems like a really ridiculously dumb concept.
2: Yeah, wow. The this Audi AI Trail.
1: hmm Which also, Audi doesn't produce any off-road vehicles right now. Why are they going to try to break into this segment? Yeah. That's I mean, true. granted, this is a concept, and I'm 99% sure they of never off-brand. plan on. Yeah, I mean, that's like, I don't know. It's about as off-brand as Volkswagen making bratwurst. So, but then again, we <laughs> learned that they do make the curry worse. So.
2: Oh, and apparently the seats also come out and become hammocks.
1: Oh, interesting. Okay, now that for an off-roader, that's cool. Like, that's that, cool. That's cool but then that's not cool when you don't put it back in right, and then you're in an accident. Yeah, oh, yeah. And then they're like, "Why? Why is this guy in a hammock on the side of three <laughs> <Yeah>. fifty-five? <laughs> why is his oh. leg and his arm tied together? Yeah, knot." And, <laughs> and then the corner goes, "Oh, oh no, oh, oh no." <laughs> so (laughs) yeah i I figured talking about headlights i totally forgot about that i I think that is definitely not the future and audi just wanted to flex one day and they're like we can make drones
2: too so i think zach has made a perfect segue into the next topic we wanted to talk about which is specific well and specifically headlights Mm -hmm. and automaker headlights um matt you had some strong opinions that i want you to share. Well, um,
0: frankly, I think for a long time, automakers, unless you're like like a, like a hyper car like a Chiron, you know, have had crap headlight designs and crap taillight
2: designs. And we're not They're talking good. about performance. We're talking about specifically just, just the
0: way they look. Like, like, arguably, that's an important part of the car because, frankly, it's one of the most recognizable, biggest pieces, I think, on the front end of a car as it approaches you, right? Or even the rear end from the taillight perspective. And for a well, while, for a long, long, long time, even new refreshes, they've just from every automaker, they've been crap until, like, frankly, I know you have a Durango, Nick, but I think for a good example is until the SRT Hellcat Durango has brand new headlights for the 2021 model, right? I think it's, that's because of, like, automobile-specific, but my point still stands. Your headlights look look like the same or just look, quote-unquote, normal and uninteresting. Yours do one because you had some stuff done to them, right? But, it just looked general and boring i think automakers are finally
1: starting to get it
0: right you see well, no things offense like, the
1: whole durango you know, needs a refresh desperately i mean
0: that's besides the point but like yeah. chief among which like oh, i think audi now is killing
2: it with their with their
1: yeah i was gonna their, bring like, that up yeah
0: i mean the, the new durango finally
2: getting i i right, i know, you know we're probably gonna get flack for it because we always talk about porsche i really <sighs> do like the pdls plus headlights yep the X-Pattern yeah, headlights agree. on the, the new Porsches. Surprise, surprise. Um, but what... So, I want to get your take... Zach's take specifically. What oh, do you heck? think about the sure. thin LEDs? Like, the the new ones that where the headlight is actually itself just the thin LEDs, and it's just more or less a strip light that's ultra bright. Do you have an example? Um, I can pull one up real quick,
1: but I'm thinking... Um, because honestly i
0: I gotta be honest i'm with zach i thought you were else with that and i i'm kind of with Zach. what's an example of that
1: um because the first thing that comes to mind i i said it in the kia k kia k5 for 2021 the optima turned into the k5 it's been called the k5 globally but they now brought the name to the states blah 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 they redesigned it's a fresh redesign on the k5 and the headlights are this sort of squiggle um, it's uh, almost. No, just
0: pulled it up. You, you think you nailed it?
1: <laughs> I, I really think that headlight design is going to be sort of a next wave design trend, just like how we saw sort of the floating roof design trend. Ooh, that mm-hmm. one's on base model wheels. Ugh. Just, <laughs> just pulled up the ugliest picture of the K5 possible. There we go. So I love this battleship gray color. But see this squiggle here? Yeah. I think kia has been killing it with headlights especially with the oh, hyundai yeah. sonata the sonata the headlights go halfway up the hood yeah well and then oh, they, I they that. fade into the
2: uh chrome they accent body, they fade they, into they the chrome, body into body the chrome
1: and the i just remembered now the kia seltos the kia seltos has uh, again new for 2021 has leds that sort of go side to side it looks like it's almost a unibrow but there's like a, a just small space in the middle So, it actually lights up all the way to about, I think, here. Oh, interesting. So, what I like about this is that, obviously, at nighttime, headlights are how you identify a vehicle. Right. And there's been so many times where I'm driving my loud car... And I look in my rearview mirror, and I can't tell if it's a Ford Explorer or if it's a GMC Terrain because they have very similar headlights. Yep. That's very true. I've
2: I've gotten that mixed up. Yeah. and I work with Ford Explorers for a living.
1: Right. So, so I think, I think sort of standing out, being bold. I mean, look at that. That's the only part that's not light. I'm pointing out to Nick that little. Yeah. So we're looking at the Celtics
2: Matt. If you want to look it up, but.
1: The, the, I mean, granted, it's just an LED strip. This isn't the actual headlight. Right. But it runs, I mean, the, almost the entire front well, of the Well, it's almost car. like the
2: Cyber Truck. That's kind of the right. idea that I was thinking when I first brought this topic up. But I I, I like where this topic is going. But that that idea of just that cyberpunk-esque.
1: Right. And actually, Kia's doing a good uh, job at that as well because the, the brand new Kia Sorento. Um, which is the bigger SUV, not as impressive headlights, um, although they did redesign it. Excuse me, the infotainment system on the Prestige Kia Sorento. Well, actually, the Kia Sorento has cool headlights, too. This is actually an LED strip down here. So I I take that back. They do have cool headlights. But the infotainment system, very 80s, like pink and blue accents. Um, Yeah. But it's very modern because obviously it's a touchscreen, So sort of going off that cyberpunk thing. So the, the Kia Sorento, excuse me, is is doing pretty well. They also have a feature in there called Sounds of Nature. I don't know if you watched the review yet. I just posted I, the review of the, the oh, 21. I haven't had a chance yet. Um, there's a whole mode where it's just like essentially ASMR sounds just built. It's a white noise machine built into the car. um so you can just sit and listen to nature or rainy day which to me sounds like someone urinating which is uncomfortable um (laughs) i I don't know there's a busy cafe which at first i was like this is kind of dumb but then i was like well well now in the pandemic you can close your eyes and pretend that there's no pandemic (laughs) anymore this is a busy bustling you know cafe very true saying they knew this was all gonna happen I mean, I don't want to say it, but I think Kia predicted COVID um, with their Kia Sorento. I don't want to be too bold in saying that. I think I'm the first person on the internet to draw that connection. But um, but getting back to it, I think, I think auto manufacturers should really start looking into this. I love the lock and unlock lights of my Mazda 3 hatch. I have those sort of um the turn signals are like the eyebrows yeah. of the headlight mm-hmm. which i think look really cool and
0: i'm oh, a... oh, sorry
1: no go on go on i'll oh, say so you made a really good comment
0: that made me think of something like so often i think it it, it falls to they always they like they do every so often like the, the durango's in need of one clearly but they they do redesigns mm-hmm. and it just seems like they don't care they just forget about the taillights and headlights but you know they themselves forget that when you're driving at night that's the first thing you see like right. you know half the time when you might see a car on the road it's the, the light uh, it's just plainly the lights so that has and, to be unique identifiable and when they do a refresh if i think they're finally paying attention a lot automatically like audi and kia and they start everyone's starting to pay attention to oh yeah we can't just keep slapping the same make the same space you know dimensions and mm-hmm. slap the old headlight well, in there well and we, the
2: cheap excuse out is lighting up the logos now, like with yeah. the Mercedes light oh, up I logos.
1: Mazda Mercedes- actually Mercedes- does it too. Oh. Mazda will light up the grill yeah. on the top tier uh, Mazda Sixes.
0: Are you guys fans of that at all? Because I, I said the. First time since I, I think it's saw that. I, personally, and it, Mercedes Benz ruined it when I saw the the the. the it doesn't look good. Lit up. It I, no, really,
2: do- no, no. I I I feverishly dislike the, the way that those. The Audi it ones,
0: the I hate word. it. I, 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 very, I agree. very much Just
1: like <laughs> I, I like them solely because of the fact of forward-facing light laws that we have here in the States, and I'm sure abroad. They can't do anything cool with them, and they can't make them bright enough to be like an actual headlight. Yeah. And so they end up just exactly. looking like these cheap AutoZone look plugins. Like that's, of, yeah, right? Like, that's right. Exactly, be, because it legally cheap, they can't be brighter.
2: Like, I went to AutoZone and bought a light up kit right. and wired it in myself at home. And I of course,
1: like they can't make it a color because you can't have. Oh, I'm gonna make my emblem red and blue. That's gonna cause a lot of issues. Right. So it's just one of those things that, like, you know, I I, I love I love getting into like legislature and I wish I could say that word, but like legislator and legislation. Excuse me. And like and go. and car design. Um, for instance, back in 2018 when they made backup cameras legally required on all cars, so many auto manufacturers just scrambled to shove a backup camera. Take, for instance, my favorite, the ND Miata. They just put the backup camera in the middle of the rear bumper. Any twenty nineteen or 2018 and on Miata, there's just a black rectangle in the middle of the rear bumper.
2: And that's the camera,
1: and that's the rear camera.
2: <laughs> well, look at Jeep. Jeep put it in the rear view uh, or the. Uh, I think
1: that was smart. They the they put wheel. it through the the middle of the spare tire. Yeah. Um. Toyota, most of them, they just literally just tacked them onto the back. Really. Um, yeah. but sorry, getting away from it. Uh, Matt, you brought up Audi. Audi's headlights and taillights, and I think Maybe. that brings up a new trend. Because I, I'm have you seen their when you walk up to the vehicle? Is that what you're talking about?
0: Well, I mean, I think just the whole package, like like how they how they you know they integrate all the LEDs and the individual dances. You know, I think most of their models now have the like moving turn signals, and the higher the higher trim models, more expensive ones, at least have yeah you know, like the dance like the dances that play yeah. when like when you walk out. Like I think that they're killing. I think that that is the quote unquote future for everything. I think,
1: I think, I, think lighting, I, I think approach lighting. I think approach lighting is definitely going to be, be the. The luxury feature of the future. Um, say that five times oh, yeah. fast. Um, well, thing, like,
0: I think back in the day, didn't Audi like? I will say one thing I miss from Audi. I miss like back when we were quote unquote kids and the the, the luxury models quote unquote the high high trim high very expensive models from them had the like big circle like big dot you know like line oh like, yeah like, like swirvy lines for their headlights mm-hmm. and taillights. It, it was I like that.
2: that was that gen 3 led the big yeah. like the Cree LED. i miss like that's been my favorite just hail light yeah.
0: headlight like period it, since i've been alive quote unquote like I leds now are really cool
1: i don't I mind the, the, the like
2: the blends that they do now where it looks like it's all just one light instead of the individual leds oh, yeah.
1: yeah i mean definitely sequential turn signals have always been super cool um to the point where i'm actually talking to my friend about retrofitting some into my rx7 Um, the side flashers making those sequential Hmm. um, which i think would be really really cool Um, but i i I think approach lighting and like i think that's going to be big because that really makes you feel special when you walk up to a new Mm -hmm. top-of-the-line audi the headlights they kind of come in from the outside have you seen this nick you're looking at me in disbelief Um, literally (laughs) when you walk up to it like the headlights like build themselves so, like, huh. a little block of light comes in, and then it comes into the middle, and then two more come in, and then two more come in until the headlight housing is full. It literally p- plays Tetris with your headlight when you walk up to it. And so is it. Proximity based? it so. Is it proximity-based? It is proximity-based based off the key.
2: Okay. I mean, that makes sense. Which
1: is super smart. I mean, like, you know, my Mazda does a very small portion of that where, like, it'll unlock when I get, you know, close to it. Well, but...
2: and I can set my Durango to where, and I personally liked it initially it's when i walk up to it because it, i've got a proximity key yeah when i walk up to it the racing stripe taillight turns on the fog lights yeah. turn on
1: i think it's the same sort of mentality that i have with digital dashboards of like if you have that capability if you have all you led headlights and taillights have some fun with it i mean i think that's one of the main areas albeit there's a lot of areas where tesla succeeds but tesla yeah. in my opinion doesn't take itself too seriously you can yeah. set a whoopee cushion in the car yes yeah, and true. it uses the pressure sensor for the seat belt of the passenger seat when someone sits down it sends off a sound when you click i think it's the i think it was the autopilot stick three times or something like that mm-hmm. it plays the more cowbell sound effect from saturday night live christmas mode and all the sound, all it the has christmas mode it has celebration mode it has netflix I mean, it has you, a you video game about it,
0: tesla's really in the I mean, in a lot of ways, maybe maybe quality is just set aside. They're at the forefront of a lot of stuff that I think I have said for a long time before the podcast, changing trend and creating new trends in the auto
1: industry. Oh, yeah, 100%. They're already
0: offering volunteer experience for their employees. Yeah, offering, yeah. (laughs) If you
1: need a sign-off to go on the 8th grade uh, Washington, D.C. trip, you need your volunteer hours. Uh, Tesla (laughs) might need you out in the desert. Just ship yourself out there work your butt off for a long time and then you know you'll get some some free service hours or if you have like a small misdemeanor or something you can maybe what you what if what I mean? tesla just gets filled with criminals <laughs> they're like, they're like hey man hey uh i got this community service i gotta do can i build your batteries you're, like, then you're, you're uh, gonna open
0: up the hoodie or your tesla or eventually take up a battery joey was here
1: yeah it's gonna be like it's yeah, you're gonna see a logo, and then you're gonna see it cracked by like a rival Tesla gang, and like <laughs> something like that. It's, yeah, it's not gonna be good. Uh, that that volunteering, I am just appalled at that. Yeah, um, that's
0: all joking to the side. You you gotta get <laughs> points. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, if, if you got the cape, you said it best. If you got the capability, then and then do something with it, right? Like LEDs, obviously, and that's why they're in everything, and it's like for a long time, like they can do. And, and Nick and you would know better than anybody leds can do a lot clearly and you can make them do a lot of stuff have fun with it like you know we're i think we're in the age of you know no more it shouldn't be any more boring cars just you know no, like no more no refreshes the same thing over and over again sorry dodge durango or even dodge's website for, yeah the last podcast a couple of them but i mean at the same time you know it, it might suck for a, for car manufacturers but the way i look at it you know, before they could get by with just, you know, like body design and redesigns or engines or whatever. But frankly, whether it costs them more money or not, a refresh requires a refresh on everything. Like you can't overlook even even the wheels, you can't overlook one thing because you're just gonna, it's gonna be picked apart. And I'm not
1: just just attacking the Durango. Dodge across the board yeah. needs to <laughs> yeah, update absolutely. their stuff. No, no, no. The I, Challenger currently right now, the platform that it's riding on, you know what that's from, right? It's the um. Uh, remind me, I know which,
2: as soon as you say it. It's I a
1: late know. 90s Mercedes Benz. Yeah, that's true. Because no, they no, got I mean, it from when Chrysler was partnered with Mercedes to give us the crossfire and the atrocious Pacifica. Yeah, just gonna say The Atrocious
2: something. Pacifica the Pacifica that we still have sitting in our driveway?
1: Yes. That I am a part of the Chrysler Pacifica owners group on Facebook and oh, really? it just makes me sad every day. Because uh, yeah. people are like, I got my Project Pacifica and I'm like, dude, you need to drive literally any other car and realize, oh, there's <laughs> you need better stuff up <laughs> Yeah. You need like just like an ounce of perspective. Like literally like go to a go kart track and then you'll be like, Yeah, this Pacifica's terrible like uh, ride
2: gosh. a bicycle
1: like a, a Schwinn 12 <laughs> speed will make you sell your Pacifica
2: it did get us through our childhood but
1: yeah but well, I mean, you know we had to shield our faces when we pulled up anywhere that thing's it, I think it's really ugly it took us to I, Toronto and back it did take us to Toronto, to Toronto and back and I, I'll give it that it took us
2: to Toronto and back on a broken subframe
1: that is true <laughs> we, we drove it there on a broken subframe yeah um but Isn't there something with the engine mounts or
2: something that? Like? Yeah, that's, that's, that's the, that's
1: what the, that's the, the yeah. engine cradle. Um, Pacifica's have a terrible rotting issue. It was actually a recall and a lawsuit. Um, Solid. Yeah, the car got nicknamed the engine dropper, but luckily we, we caught it and we got a new cradle shipped in from North Dakota or Idaho or Seattle, something. Seattle, I think. Seattle? <laughs> yeah, I thought was it was more desert no. no. But, yeah. yeah, so, I mean, all of Dodge's lineup needs a refresh pretty much most of nissan's lineup needs a refresh the new
2: ram isn't bad
1: um i i personally it's big but it's a fifth gen they started that in what 19 yeah so they refreshed that pretty recently
2: yeah well it was it's the first one without the like true ram crosshair grill
1: yeah that's true i i here's the thing here's i like the rams i would never own one out of a warrant that's true. I
2: they're will agree. They're very
1: with that. very comfortable. The back seats of a Ram Limited 1500, I mean they recline, they're heated and cooled. The back seats we're talking
2: about. I really like the new um, TRX Rebel the 2500 chassis.
1: Oh um, yeah, with the it's a Hellcat motor, right? Yeah. Yeah.
2: I like I really like the design of it. I like the look of it. I like the headlights on it. I I actually really do like the new taillights. Mhm. Um but, yeah, no, I, I would agree with you. I wouldn't own one out of warranty, period. Yeah. That's one of the nice things about my Durango is I've got that. Um, I snuck into Dodge's um, the basically lifetime of the car warranty. It's an eight-year bumper right. bumper.
1: Yeah. So, uh, you know, I don't know. I That is, that is a, a super tangent we just got off on from headlights. But do we want to hit this last moving. one? I feel like this last one might get heated.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, why, why don't we hit the last one let's
0: pose the question uh, to end the podcast here Zach's artist maybe I think you have you and I have similar well, similar we, we should pose there. the
2: question first to the audience which is what the is a be- is what is a the- a globally or generally beloved car that does absolutely nothing for us so in, in that sense a good way to describe it would be um, well Actually, let's just jump into an example, cause people kind of understand. That. I mean, I'm I'm trying I, to Mac think of. Fine.
1: Yeah, you, you go, Matt, cause I need to I think.
2: Say, so. I have got I got two. I got like a
0: general category and a specific. My general was hot hatches. I mean, the world world's revered among petrol heads, and they just quote don't do anything for me. I don't I, I don't get the hype around them. I don't care about them. I don't care what it is or what brand. I just don't care. I they don't they don't do anything for me. I would don't think I'll ever own one. I don't desire. And specifically, in terms of a, a car, both old-gen and new, the Honda or, if you're in the, the U.S., the Acura NSX, like, it just doesn't do anything for me. Like, you know, I, I can appreciate the technology and, and, and the aura behind it, and I can say, hey, good for you. Glad you like them, but I just don't care. Like, I just – I don't get it. It doesn't do anything for me,
1: frankly. I'll have to I'll, – I'll fight you on the hot hatches. I will defend the honor of the hot hatches. Because here's the thing. They can do it all. Like, if you want a fun, sporty car, but you can't, you know, be as luxurious as me and have two broken Mazdas. You can only have <laughs> one broken Mazda. Um, I mean, like, you know, if you – I think they're great for college students, car enthusiasts that, like, you know, their whole world doesn't revolve around cars like us. I mean, mm-hmm. we live – e breathe sleep whatever else you know cars um I, I i think it's a great alternative to like a car that can kind of do it all specifically speaking the gti and golf R I think are fantastic cars i know i joked about them earlier but i really think that they're good value cars um the civic type r i'd love i'd love to own a civic type r in a heartbeat do i have 40 grand sitting around no but right. With what, like two, three, four, five, six wings, right? I, okay, the uh, if I got a Type <laughs> R, I would actually remove the spoiler on the back, the the big obnoxious <laughs> one. But I I will defend hot hatches. I think that they definitely serve a purpose for someone who can only afford one single car. It can kind of do it all.
2: So let me ask. Right. I want to ask Zach this since we're kind of on the, the hot hatch topic. Um, what what would be your take between, let's say, the Golf and the a3 which are the same platform so the golf from volkswagen the a3 from audi huh.
1: so i drove an a3 this summer and i've driven multiple golf actually i drove them in the same week which was cool
2: i remember you bringing it, the gti home when you were uh
1: yeah that that's, uh, was a 17 gti i think yeah. i loved that car those two cars are very not very different they are the same platform but they're different in my mind in the fact of Audi was definitely more luxurious and the Golf was more sport oriented. Uh, the the Golf, well, not the one that I had that day, but if you get a manual transmission GTI, it comes with a Golf Ball shift knob. They, they've been doing this since the 70s. Sure, It's just fun. It's sporty. It has the uh, plaid seats and it has you know the sporty shift knob and it's a little bit more sporty That's definitely more of like a college kid car um to me the a3 seems like more of a sort of grown-up bachelor's car because you don't really need all that space you're not carrying around a family um and it's still fun and
2: would you consider the a3 as a hot hatch or is it a just a hatchback
1: i oh i would definitely consider the a3 a hot hatch Okay. I, to me, a, a hot hatch is something that's sporty, that's a hatchback, okay. at least to me. I know that that the definition varies depending on who you ask and you know what they had for lunch, but <laughs> I, I, I like I would say that the new turbo Mazda three hatchback is a hot hatch that i can i would consider that a hot hatch um the
2: speed 3 was a hot hatch speed
1: 3 i would say Uh, for for those
2: of you overseas that's also the 3 mps
1: right um the fiesta st focus st hot hatches obviously the rs obviously the rs a car that i simultaneously really want and really try to avoid at all costs um I don't, se- I don't fit in oh, the seats. I don't fit in the seats. Oh, that's right. You,
2: you mentioned that. I don't
1: fit in the seats. It's a blast and a half to drive. But um, 90% of them have head gasket issues from Ford. Oh, um, cool. Twenty to 30,000 miles, they're blowing head gaskets. Yeah, that's, that's right. Uh, to the point where I believe Ford redesigned the the head gasket, and there's actually a recall for it. Mm. If I, I, I was talking to a Ford friend about it. That's, I think, what I heard. But funny enough, that 2.3 liter in the Focus RS is really an EcoBoost Mustang, which is really a a Mazda v 3 engine. Right. I mean, Ford has, you know, tweaked it in time, but it started life as a Mazda Block. And then, you know, but anyway. um, So
2: so nothing we've talked about has changed your mind, man. You just don't get hot hatches.
0: No, like, like I, th- I think, you know, if you were to ask me, I think Zach, you asked me, you're talking to me, Nick, right? Yeah. I think, Zach, you had a good, one of you actually said something that, that sparked th- this thought, you know, before we started recording today. And, you know, I, I can appreciate the significance of Hot Hatches and the GTI and, and this and that throughout history, you know? and But I just don't, I hate to say I don't care, it's not that I don't care as a, as a, a Petrolhead, I care about the significance in the, the world, right? You know, they just don't do anything for me in, in terms of what I want to own one. No, what I want, what I enjoy driving one for a day. Quote. Yeah, but beyond that, it's not something I would, I think, fondly remember if after I got out, you know, I, and the same thing with the, uh, the, the NSX. I mean, it just looks, perf- you know, performance. Doesn't seem like an overall fast car. I mean, it just doesn't really do much for me. I can appreciate its significance, but beyond that, it doesn't just do
1: it. Doesn't do anything for me, you know. Matt, let me ask you something here. Let me ask you a personal question. Uh oh. You like a Little Caesars Pizza? Not uh, to be honest. I, I, knew, it. Times I knew it. I knew it.
2: I knew it because you don't. Be honest, you so don't
1: much? like the simple answer to things. Little Caesars pizza is hot and ready. It's easy. It's affordable. Everyone can get it. Hot hatches are easy. They're affordable, and they're great, and you just don't like the easy answer. See, I kn- part- n- People that don't like hot hatches also <laughs> don't like cheap pizza, and it's Put baloney. Way,
0: that might be true. Little Caesars is, is hot and ready, but if I can find something just a little bit better for a little bit more and I'm going to have exponentially a better time with it, I'm going to go find that.
1: I knew it. I, I knew it. Eye. I'm shaking my head. I knew it. I've never met someone that dislikes, or I've never met someone that likes hot hatches. I don't know how to say this. You're a weird person, man. Yeah. <laughs> I was well, trying to figure out in my head how to say that, yeah. and it was too hard. I, I knew don't it.
0: Dislike. They just don't dislike. Do they,
1: they just don't get me going, you know? You just don't like the simple pleasures in life, and it's fine. It's fine that you don't like simple things that make you happy. I understand.
2: Okay. Let's uh, defuse this bomb right now. Got uh, walk. And then refuse another one. Um,
1: I'm going to angrily drink out of my Yeti. Yeah. Not a sponsor.
2: Not, yeah, not a sponsor. Um, so then let's ask Zach, what is your definition for this? A car that is widely revered as good loved whatever that just love a car
0: that does nothing for you
1: there's two that really come to mind first of all like you said the nsx i actually drove a first gen nsx uh it was a 98 t-top 3.2 liter not three liter v6 so it's it's like all the goodies pop-up headlights like this was like Mm -hmm. the nsx to drive i loved driving it it was smooth but it's just like, it, it wasn't as fast as it had been hyped up to be. And I, I don't know. It's just like, I, I would want to like own the McRib, one. It's not worth all the. No, not even. No, not at all. Like, <laughs> you know what? Okay, I just thought of another one Hellcats. Yeah? Hellcats. I, I've no, driven two Hellcats. Um, I. I think it's cool that they have all the horsepower they can't put them down the hellcats are absolutely useless on the road see zach i'm with you you, you can't where can you quote unquote
0: stretch the legs you you can't like right. there's, there's nowhere you could actually just like the like the zero one but there's nowhere except on a track that frankly if you live in the midwest you know it's only available for a half or three quarters of the year at best right you can't
1: even use it so what you know? Hellcats are incredibly comfortable. I mean like I said in the video they're lazy boy recliners bolted to a rocket ship. They're fast they're loud. I mean you know they're fun cars but I I, I just I I have no desire of owning one. I have no desire of working on one. I've been in the works with reviewing another Hellcat for a while and I just have no motivation to do it. I mean it's just like Like, literally, we've had multiple opportunities to review it, and I was like, nah, you know? It's just, I don't know. That was nothing for real. It it doesn't do anything for me. They sound cool, but uh, to me, I would much rather have a, for instance, that Audi S4 that I drove. I'd rather have a 480-wheel Audi S4 than a 700-wheel Hellcat, which, let's be honest, they're not making 700-wheel from the factory, but. I mean, still, I would just rather have a smaller, lighter car with half the horsepower. Because also, the Challengers are forty-three hundred pounds. I mean, it's a, it's huge. Yeah, it's a
2: in the since we've talked about yachts today, it's a land yacht.
1: It is a land yacht. It, mm-hmm. There's a meme that goes around where, um, it, at the beginning of the spring, usually it's like, "Hey, Challenger owners, don't forget to update your boating number." Yeah. Running down (laughs) in the side of your fender, Nick. What's one car that doesn't do it for you? That's beloved. Don't you dare say Miata or I'm moving out. No, 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 no. better not. Um, I would say there's. I won't go that far, Zach. I promise you. I, I I would agree about the. the Thank you, thank you, Matt. You've disappointed me enough tonight. Thank you.
2: (laughs) 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 I would say that there, there's probably, one that has fallen out of love with me, Mm -hmm. and then one that. that I've just never loved well there's one that i i I guess that i've never truly loved and
1: when it comes to cars nick is in a nicholas sparks book
2: this is true um (laughs) (laughs) there's there's one that i love there's one that i wish i loved and there's one that i'm probably supposed to be with but i will never drive
1: um and then at (laughs) the end of the movie he, he ends up doing it but
2: anyway anyway um no i'd say the the first one would be the jeep wrangler um okay Every, everybody loves the jeep everybody loves to be able to customize the jeep um i think they're on the surface they're pretty cool um after having one for a rental and driving it around even on standard road tires it was incredibly noisy it was a soft top
1: which i can agree it, that i had the same experience yep Wranglers are trash on road but I think they serve a great purpose They serve off-road. a great purpose off-road, but for what I do on a daily basis... Right. You I, should not daily a Wrangler. Anyone who dailies a Wrangler has no taste at all. No, they might have oh, coronavirus, but... Uh, <laughs> you, you can quote me on that. Anyone who dailies a Wrangler does not have <laughs> taste.
2: And the, the thing that I don't understand is... I, I mean, the older Wrangler... I'm talking specifically the newer ones. Mm-hmm. The older Wranglers, like the one... Um, we had a friend in high school Griffin who had a two-door a copper one yeah yeah that one wasn't bad the four doors is just no i just I just don't I no. mean I don't necessarily enjoy driving mm-hmm. them I feel like the steering wheels practically dead it's the most fun I'll call, call it exhibit at mm-hmm. the auto show doing the off-road course in them Are but that's not also but that's where the they
0: that also have those lights led strips and the fenders or whatever that yeah replace, the, J- like the, the
2: jl's like yeah. yeah the
1: new jl's have that 2018 on the the my my perception of the jeep is sort of like the you know there's the super ego the ego and the id right you know yeah and i remember you mentioning this when so like cues. it just understand. taps into the, the the super ego of people which your super ego is like what you strive to be right so, that, like, your super ego is what you strive to be, your ego is what you are, and your id is, like, your deep-down, like, darkness, you know? Um, and I think Jeeps just appeal to people's super ego. They want to be able to see, you know, an off-road trail and say, I can do that. It's not necessarily that they're going to do that, but they just like being able to tell their friends or th- at least think in their head, hey, I can go down that track if I need to. I can take off the top if I need to. I can... You know, crawl up this, crawl up that. I can take the winch I can fold the windshield down, which a lot of people don't know how. No- right? I, uh, they just p- Jeep people feed off of potential energy, of like that's a really great way of putting it, actually. I can do. Th- it's the same with truck culture. Yeah. I mean, oh, when we when I, I I except drove except for that the parking truck.
2: lot princesses, which I still don't understand. That's one
1: that I don't understand. Is well, is that's just lot all trucks. the parking lot princesses. They want to look that? like they oh, can. Is. It's just trucks that never go off-road. They have lift kits, mud tires, but they've ah, never seen ah, dirt. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. But again, that feeds into the, the potential energy. They just, it looks like they can do that. It looks like they have this ability. What, what about mean, the ones on the do?
2: ridiculous lift kits with itsy-bitsy tires? That's, those that's just, people... That's just an unfinished lift kit. Those, those I mean, people
1: are drug users? <laughs> <laughs> and, you said it, not me. And uh, those people should, if they don't have a therapist, they need one. Um, sure or just I'm someone sure to talk. There's to. A
0: well-known fact about like how high the truck is or whatever,
1: and how yeah, small something else. Yeah, yeah, you know, there's there's a math equation somewhere in there, but <laughs> it, it that's that's always been my theory. And I I thought about this because I daily that truck we had from 2013 till yeah, 2015 when I got the the RX7. We never.
2: Like, we didn't lift that truck. No, no,
1: no. We didn't lift the truck. But driving a truck... Yeah, I get that. You know, I I, I still get this emotional reaction when I see a dirt road. Like, when I, when I drove the truck, I'm like, I could definitely go down that. It was uh, a know, two-wheel drive it sport. It was a two-wheel drive truck. You know, we don't have to get <laughs> yeah, into it. But, like... <laughs> you
0: know, for people who are listening, like did do that though at times not not to you know you didn't just look at the trail you also did look right.
1: on it right right yeah, yeah yeah and like we had the extended bed and like you would see stuff and you could be like that would fit in my bed that's a weird statement that i haven't said out loud but like you kind of think it you know <laughs> like or like when when you're building like a deck or something like you just get this like the power almost goes to your head because you can do so I'm much more useful than you are. Right. But you don't necessarily do it. That's why Jeep people have this big egos. They're like, Oh yeah, I can drive to whatever national parks peak. Um, there's this one trail, I think out in Moab, the edge of the world or whatever. Um, which I saw again on the, uh, streaming platform, TikTok. Um, some guy made it through the whole trail on a stock suspension, like Wrangler. and, i understand that that that's it that
2: that is impressive but to me i don't know maybe maybe i'm turning into the suburban guy but not chevy suburban but like suburban you know chicago Mm -hmm. guy um i just i don't see the appeal to something that's not going to be a comfortable daily driver
1: oh yeah no that 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 was my end point they're terrible daily drivers i'll never own one unless i have like eight other cars (laughs)
2: Nick, is that the one that you've fallen out of love with, or never have been in? I would say that I've never fully been in love with a Wrangler.
1: What? So what? The what one is? That you've yeah, fallen out of. Love. Yeah, who hurt you?
2: The Nissan GTR. <laughs> mm. I knew it. Oh, yeah, I knew.
1: I knew, it.
2: I knew Matt would knew know that. I knew it. I interesting. Okay, go on. I knew it. The Zach knows because we're brothers and we grew up together. How purely obsessed. With the GTR, I was
1: mm-hmm. from like 2000. 2000-
2: yeah, we all were from like 2009 to I'll call it 2015. Mm-hmm. And when they did the updated body, mm-hmm. and I started seeing some of the reviews, and people were like, they ruined this car. It squeaks through turns. The suspension feels awful. I kind of started reevaluating like, what i really liked about the gtr mm-hmm. and i realized that i think it was just the sense of i can that's like an affordable car that would beat it's the th- underdog yeah it's the underdog mm-hmm. it's an affordable car that can beat ferraris and lamborghinis mm-hmm. and would it beat it in a half mile drag probably not mm-hmm. i mean as we saw um you know, and, and we've seen time and time again on like things like the Grand Tour and straight pipes and things like that. It if you have launch control, that's fantastic. Mm-hmm. But one, where are you ever using launch control? And two, well, there when was you're... that
0: Grand Tour video of how the what the Porsche GT three RS and I like, get a Starbucks coffee and waiting for a funeral procession to go by. I mean, <laughs> right. times you can use it.
1: Here's, sure. Here's the thing with the GTR <laughs> is. First of all, I did drive an 09. I absolutely loved it.
2: You said the transmission was clanky, though.
1: At slow speeds. Okay. We took it through a Wendy's drive through It was the first thing I did. And I barely Something. got on the gas, and the clutch hadn't engaged yet. And it just slammed into gear. Like, it felt like I didn't know how to drive stick shift, even though GTRs are automatic. Huh. But when you huh. got on it, and I got on it, it's lightning fast. It's amazing um the thing the issue with nissan as a whole is that they developed the gtr and it broke records it was this groundbreaking ground shaking car in 2009 when it debuted it was like it, like you said it was, it was beating godzilla. everything it was godzilla it was taking down these huge well, and it brought back the houses. it
2: brought back the days of the r34s and the r33s and r32s right. and it was like the, it was the underdog car right and I, I really, I mean, us in the States, we love an underdog. Yeah. I really liked the underdog. And it was something that was like one of those affordable dream cars. Yeah. But just lately, it just doesn't well, here's do here's the thing for
1: me. that Nissan hasn't done across the board. And what is failing and sinking Nissan is that they haven't updated anything. Yeah, that's they true. They built this absolute Godzilla of a vehicle that destroyed everything at the time. The GTR now is making twenty more horsepower than it did ten years ago. They haven't kept up with that. Yeah. No long. Everyone else, it blew a ten year lead. The GTR yeah. blew a ten year lead. I mean, everything else is caught up now. The brand new nine nine two GT three RS is going to be way faster than the GTR. Well, exactly. Um, I mean, the Huracan faster. Everything that it beat in two thousand nine, they. All the other auto manufacturers are like, oh, we can't lose to a Nissan. They beefed up whatever they were doing. And they continue to innovate. And yeah, Nissan just, once Nissan finds something good, they sit with it for a decade. The the Nissan 370Z had a 40th anniversary of the Z car edition and a 50th anniversary of the Z car edition. (laughs) That car lasted from 2008 till this year. Yeah, 12 years without any changes. Besides, I think they added, they didn't even add Apple CarPlay or anything like that. Well, and that's the hilarious thing that I know we've
2: talked about in the past, is Porsche went back and added Apple CarPlay to their lineup all the way back to 1996.
1: No, I thought it was the 60s. Didn't they sell a unit... A unit that you can if, put into If if you had certain cord? models, okay,
2: it, it was universal back to 1996, and then if you had certain, certain models, models back. you you could. Oh add, wow, it
1: was universal in '96. Interesting.
2: Like their their head unit in 1996, you could go in and just get the head unit replacement from mm-hmm. Porsche and get Apple CarPlay, get the um, navigation, all that stuff. Yeah. In fact, they just had a, an awesome series out that I will plug, even though Porsche's not a sponsor. I'm just a big fanboy. Um, and I believe it was called, uh, like, Free to Roam. Yeah. That they put out on Instagram TV, IGTV, of a guy who has an 03996 mm-hmm. that he just got the new thing in, and he takes it camping every
1: weekend. When did the 996 end?
2: 996 ended in, oh, uh, we talked about this. I want to say it was... Like 2007, 8 ish. There was the, the 996 and there was the 996. So,
1: within the development of the GTR and the life of the GTR mm-hmm. from 2009, there's been almost three generations of 911. There's been the nine nine six. said
0: 2006, right?
1: Uh, I thought the GTR was 09.
2: Was it, okay, so yeah, so there's no, been... the 996, I thought, was... There was the 996, like, the 997, the 991, 991.2, and now the nine. Yeah, but the 997... Yeah, if you count the 991.2, 2, it's a different right? gen, yeah. Did
1: the 997 start in 2004? Yeah. Yeah. Hang on, Google. Hang yeah. on. Yeah, please Google. Whatever it is, that that's always okay. been Nissan's issue. Yes, 2004 I, both right. I drove a okay. 2010 Nissan Frontier, and I I put a picture of a 2020 Nissan Frontier next to it they look identical they switched the motors somewhere in the 20 teens and they gave it an eight-speed trans at some point but besides that identically bumper for bumper they're the same car that is also could be said about the nissan armada yeah um that's that's been Mm -hmm. the exact same the pathfinder is finally getting a change i think next year um they just changed the Sentra, and they just changed the rogue Murano has been the exact same since the late 2000s, actually. Um, it's just across the board, they haven't changed much, and then you I lose think, people's interest.
0: I mean, yeah. Zach, I think you nailed on the hat. I think Nick would know this, and you might. But hey, where's the auto me maybe, maybe. I got to say, I hadn't thought about it, but I'm going to put the GTR, one of those cars that, you know, same thing, never did anything for me, and I think it's confirmed by what it is now. It was Godzilla, yeah. but I think classic example that you alluded to where, yeah, you can maybe get yourself to the top, but it's a hell of a lot harder to stay there and even more important to continue evolving when you're there than the fight to even get there is. And to bring
1: it back to the early conversation of the Corvette going hybrid all-wheel drive, good like let's keep the corvette evolving so it doesn't become something like the gtr if the corvette made if they made the same mm-hmm. corvette for 10 years we'd be seeing I mean, brand doesn't matter we'd be seeing the same thing we're seeing with the gtr is that no one cares about it anymore i mean it, realistically but once the, you
0: step on the, that gas and you push forward you for, the downside i think is
1: lock yourself into never you can't let up a you know i guess but the public has a very short attention span And so that's why i think vehicle refreshes i think five years is a good five to about seven years is a good run for a generation of a car
0: well i'm coming to think i mean you think about like corvettes that's that's generally about at least like for like fifth generation on quote unquote like more modern times you know yeah that's about i mean the run i mean I mean, I'll be honest. I expected the seventh generation to last a lot longer than it did. I didn't expect the eighth generation to get here, quote-unquote, so soon. But to your point, five to seven years, I mean, yeah, makes sense.
1: Yeah. I I, I just think – and that's an issue that I've been seeing across the board. I drove that Infiniti Q50 that I was telling you about in person the other day. I love the Infiniti Q50. Again, also Nissan, but Infiniti Mm – that car came out in 2014. They haven't changed a single design cue of it. They added a new infotainment system with Apple CarPlay for 2020. The 2019s didn't even get CarPlay. Mm. I mean, it's just way overdue. Um, if Let's go to another brand. The Toyota CHR uh, desperately needs a refresh because Toyota refreshed their entire lineup except for the CHR. So if you go back a generation of each car, I don't it was even know also still
2: made a CHR. They
1: don't sell one. Well. Yeah. Um, I actually, I get someone commented on one of my videos asking me to review one, so I went out and reviewed one. The dealership I work with only has three of them. I mean, oh. they don't they don't move them. I mean, and they had it was like twenty eight Camrys and like thirty Corollas. I mean, they move those like water. So. No one's really buying the CHR, but, again, because it looks like the old RAV4. Uh It looks like the 2012 to 2018 RAV4. Okay. And so, at the time, the CHR looked good because it just looked like the smaller version of the bigger one. But now, it just looks incredibly outdated. The 2021 I drove could easily be mistaken for the 2015, 2016. Okay. It's like, why would I take out a bank loan to get something that's not... Fresh. Sure. You know what I mean? That's the exact so. same thought
0: I had after watching that the Infinity video. Yeah,
1: it's like why – like that's yeah, the yeah, thing is know, that I know, could buy – a
0: Used car versus new car.
1: I would buy a 2014 Q50 for a fraction of the price, and I would get 99% of the same exact experience as the 2020.
0: Yeah. Well, uh, I think – I, I want to get – you know, before we sign, I, I think we're going long, but I want to get – make – maybe – people think that we're not crazy here. When we were at the auto show, the Kia Telluride, did you do the ride along when I, like that first year that it was out at
1: the auto show? I did not. I don't think I ah. went to the auto show that year. However, I drove the Telluride, and I agree that it has a slightly hard ride. However, I know people who worked on those Tellurides And the tellurides that you guys rode in were, I mean, they were spent soda cans. By the time you guys got to (laughs) them, they were the
2: ones that were jumping when we went to SEMA, right? Right. So, but we're not crazy. They were as bad as we.
1: (laughs) Kia, yeah. Kia sends their vehicles whenever they arrive. Like when they arrived in Chicago, they got sent to a local dealership. I happen to know people at that dealership who actually worked on those cars, and they said it, it was blown. I mean it was like the, the, the struts were blown it had been bottomed out the whole bottom was scraped it was low on oil like I mean these things had been through it all so you
0: would think that those would be the exact models that you wouldn't send through where the public's riding through engaging you know initial interest on a brand right
1: yeah, so I, I little think little you little guys little. need to, like, re-ride in them or ride in a nicer one, well, I um, saying, I, an I, I SX or it, like, Prestige. I,
0: I drove one, high, low and high end. or what trim the names were, but actually my, my dad was looking at uh, for a new SUV. That was one of the options, per my recommendation. After, you know, watching your review, I thought, hmm, give it a second shot. Mm-hmm. Went to the dealership and drove it. I would agree, like, it's, it's not what it was there, but... I, I will never be able to get that out of my head that experience
1: sure. yeah and i think the telluride is definitely an interesting vehicle because it's kia trying really hard to break into the off-road suv segment um at the same time that they're breaking into the sports sedan segment with the stinger at the same time that they're breaking into uh, you know a couple other segments well they've got the ultra luxury with the what the k9 the k900 yeah i mean which yeah. doesn't sell well but the k900 is one of my favorite cars ever i will you you
2: opened our eyes yeah yeah and and that's something i'm i'm hoping that we have some visibility to and i don't think we will in the time frame um but i really would like to see if we could go to the auto show next year i just don't know with covid if it's going to be a thing oh
1: it's already the chicago one's been postponed it hasn't officially
2: yeah okay I I Um, i haven't gotten that news yet but
0: They've got some pretty uh, tight restrictions, often with COVID here in the Chicagoland area. Yeah. Me.
1: But, uh, yeah, no, the k nine again, you know, something into the super luxury segment, which, thankfully, um, Kia is actually starting to take the K-900 feature of the cameras in the dashboard mm. and actually implement that. The new Sorento oh, has the that. the and all that? Yeah, the, when, when oh, you use your left oh, yeah. turn signal, your left gauge turns into the camera on your left side. When you turn on your right signal, your Honda's right Honda's had
2: that for a while, though.
1: Yes, they do. Uh, Accords and Civics have it. They haven't trickled it into any other products. Really? Ridgeline doesn't have it. Odyssey doesn't have it. I remember when
2: I was first looking for a car, I want to say back in, like, 2016 or oh, 17. yeah, they had it
1: back then. They had that. Yeah.
2: yeah.
1: That, that's very annoying to me that Honda hasn't, because I'm i actually, I edited the Insight review, and then a, a Honda CRV hybrid will be out. Uh, the day before Christmas Eve. Um, Neither of those cars, 2021s, had that feature, Hmm. which it's just like, I I feel like they have that technology. Yeah.
0: Why it's not there. I mean, when I first saw it, I thought it was absolutely genius. and like, why is this not at least an an upgradable option on everything? Right, right. I mean, just... I think every manufacturer should have it.
1: Every manufacturer should have it. Mazda should have it, and it doesn't. I mean, Um, backup
0: cameras. I mean, you know, your blind spot assist. Like, I think... I mean, it's probably not an obvious thing, but I think that's the next thing. I I think it's I. I don't have the car that I drive. I obviously don't have anything like that. But I like whenever I watch like your reviews or any other reviews, I'm kind. I'm frankly, like you said, shocked the the models that don't have it. Even from yeah. the same manufacturers,
1: on even like at least their higher end models that that do. Yeah, and the interesting thing is that the Civic starts at I want to say twenty one thousand dollars or something like that. And they all have that feature, but I drove the the fifty thousand dollar Honda Odyssey Elite, and that did not have mm-hmm. it. Um, which is it? The, yeah, it's just a feature. And the nice thing about Honda Civics and Accords is that there's actually a button you can turn it on whenever you want. Um, you don't have mm-hmm. to just be turning. Um, but the, the advantage of the Kia is the Kia actually puts it in your gauge cluster, while yep. the Honda puts it in the center screen, which is a little bit less natural um, to the look at the center screen. But, but if
0: you could turn that on whenever you want. You right. Lanes and maybe I would almost argue that if I can't have, I want it in the gauge cluster, yeah, but if I can't have it there, if I could still turn it on wherever
2: I want versus i mean you know, the amount of times I mean, i've used my backup yeah. camera in my durango just the mm-hmm. push button to turn on the backup camera whenever i want yeah.
1: again i think That's that should valuable. be allowed um or not allowed but used frequently i i was driving the sorrento the sorrento has a front-facing camera as well hmm. down low on the bumper they can use um up to i think five miles an hour which so is if you're
2: pulling in close on a parking spot right
1: something like that yeah um and I understand speed lockouts and stuff. You know, you don't want to be doing ninety-five on the highway and be staring at your backup camera. <laughs> but um, I think that it just goes back to my thought with the headlights, thoughts with the the digital gauges. Is if you have the technology there, like just give it to us. Like just let us do it. You know, if you have or cameras on the side of the will car, pay for it. right? Yeah. So
0: you can. I, I think you know. Even going further back with. Subscription services and the, you know back to our uh, our weekly recharge with the you know autopilots and whatnot. People for maybe whether they should or not, and obviously that determines market trends and further demands. You know people are going to pay for it. So I mean come on, it's not that. Hard. Right.
1: You can get people to pay for anything. So yeah, money's going to be there.
0: Pretty much. Well, I think uh, with that, I, I, that's all I, that's all I had for this week. Unless you guys have
2: something. Left i uh no i think that that's it for me um so i'm gonna go ahead and declare that that is the checkered flag on this week thank you for tuning in everyone please make sure to not only just check out our social medias but check out zach's social medias he is at shooting underscore cars on instagram Instagram and shooting cars on youtube we are at redline resorts on all platforms um you can email us at podcast at redlineresorts.com. If you heard the podcast and you've got an idea of something that Zach could review, please uh, email him. What's the email for that?
1: Uh, PradelReviews at gmail.com. P-R-A-D-E-L Reviews at gmail.com. Uh,
2: yeah. I'm Nick. That's Matt. Thank you very much, Zach. And we will see you next time, guys. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Zach.